time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back to Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. And this week, we have a special treat. We have Z-Man himself, Zeka, from California. And we have another Z-Man, Zach, from Abilene, Texas, joining us. Bryant couldn't make the show. He's uh, working on hemorrhoids, but he'll be back hopefully in a week or two. But anyway, how's it going, guys? Good. Yeah, speaking to the mic, Zaka. Uh, there you go. <laughs> hey, so anyway, we're going to do a special show today, and the crew that we have together here is going to be perfect for this topic because i was on twitter earlier this week and a guy that does a podcast on cooking he's a chef said he listened to the show and he'd love to do for me to do a show all about what new cigar smokers need to know about and it's like you could go back and listen to all our shows and pick up bits and pieces but we're going to condense it into one show. This is everything a new cigar smoker. And when I say new, what's the definition of new, Z? I mean, that's not like you just started yesterday. No, I'm going to say new. Push that mic over, bro. Yeah, get it right there. You know, I'm just filling in for Bryant every yeah. time. <laughs> um, I think new is relative to the person. You know, some people take on knowledge well, and faster I mean, than others, some people. And there's some cigar smokers that when they start, they dive in head first. Like they yes. want to learn everything. That was never me. You know, I wanted to enjoy myself. And so I learned the hard way. Trial and error. There's a lot of shit that I did wrong that either somebody finally said, what the hell are you doing? And so that's how I learned or just by watching other people. But there are people, like I interviewed a guy probably two or three years ago. He was keeping a journal of every cigar he smoked. The band, write out what notes he tasted and all that. I was like, dude, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, that takes all the fun out of it for me. But to each their own. You know, that brings you to the guy that, because his journal says so, that's too dark, that's too dark, that's too dark. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because earlier today, me and Zeka were in the humidor at the Leaf, and a, a, you could tell the guy was, like, very, very new. Anyway, he was not a man of humor. I'm pretty sure that I, like, offended him right out of the gate because he walks into the humidor, and I go, hey, I know that guy. And he was like, you do? And I was like, are you a drunk? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, well, then I thought you were someone else. Sorry. And from that point forward, I think he was pretty much done with me. And then when I said, don't worry about it, dude, I was just fucking with you. So and I said, well, what are you what are you what are you going to smoke? And He's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, you want some help? I can show you. I mean, you know, I know a little bit. And anyway, he said, I like light to medium. I'm like, all right. So I started showing him some different cigars. Zeka showed him a couple of cigars. And yeah. every answer was like, no, that's too dark. Okay, well, that shows you he's new right there because yeah. the color of the wrapper does not indicate the strength of the cigar. I mean, that got me for a long time because I had had a dark cigar and it was real spicy and stuff. It wasn't my style. And I, I, I equated dark cigars to spicy and heavy and, and bold. Bold, yeah. And so that that is not the case at all. 
Well, and I mean, a lot of the bold cigars and spicy cigars are on a dark wrapper cigar. Yeah. But the Sin Compromiso, that's not a strong cigar at all. No, that's yeah. a very and medium that, stick. And that wrapper is super dark. Yeah. yeah. I mean. And there's some there's some cigars out there that are lighter cigars, and you sit down and you get to the back quarter of it, and all of a sudden it sits you on your ass. You want to talk about bold? like Dude, I smoked a 45th series of the 1964 anniversary Padron. Yeah. And I actually got the sweats. Like last week, dude, and I haven't nice. had the sweats in forever. And I told Jay I was sitting there smoking. I was like, "Dude, I'm actually lightheaded, and I'm I got the sweats." And he was like, Range "Oh, you mints." Well, he said I got a lollipop, and I was like, "You know what? I don't want it right now because I just want to enjoy this feeling because it's kind of a unique experience that I hardly ever have." And I was like, and it was it was almost like having a little bit of a buzz you know what i mean oh yeah and so after like 15 minutes i was like yeah i'll take that sucker and some water now (laughs) and that'll and and if you're new just so you know if you do get the sweats and feel lightheaded to fix that or like you're gonna throw up or i mean the jitters i mean that's all that stuff i call that the punch in the throat yeah you kind of feel that like lump right there Mm -hmm. that feels like someone punched you but usually, if you have something with some sugar, it'll go away in no time. Yeah, very true. That's one thing you talk about new new cigar smokers. I mean, I would I would consider myself relatively new, but I had no idea until just a couple of weeks ago when y'all were talking about that exact issue. And you get the nick sickness, and something with sugar will help raise that blood sugar up and get. I mean, it like goes away instantly as soon as it hits your bloodstream. Yeah, and I I heard, I've never tried it, but I heard the best way is either to take a sugar cube or like a packet of sugar for like your coffee and just put a little bit under your tongue and it's like super fast because that layer of skin under your tongue, which is a lot, you know, like a female's, uh, no, never mind. Anyway, uh, it's very sensitive and it's it's like bloodstream and it's like, bam. Yeah. 30 seconds and you're feeling better already. Yeah. I think a lot of what determines whether somebody's like new to cigars, like for me, I would consider myself new to cigars, but I've been smoking cigars for over a decade now. However, it was a cigar every couple of months. You know, I would realistically, like for the first several years, I was smoking maybe five cigars a year. It was occasionally every now and then. And that's exactly how I got started. Yeah. It was about once every three or four months. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, once you... You know, if you first get into cigars, you have your first cigar and you smoke two or three cigars a week or two or three cigars a day for a month, I would consider you, you know, however many sticks you put down, that's going to determine how uh, much you learn about cigars and you're no longer a newcomer to it. Well, let's start really at square one for a brand new cigar smoker like you. You've only smoked maybe two or three cigars or none at all. And you go into a cigar shop, like, what the hell are you going to do? Like, that's a that's a brave new world to go into yeah. because you don't know shit. And when you go in there, you see people sitting around smoking cigars. So you assume they know everything. Yeah. So it's a little bit intimidating. But my advice is go to a shop and ask the tobacconist to help you. Yeah. 
Don't be afraid to ask because Talk to somebody. Yeah. I mean, still today, I go to the leaf and I'll be like, hey, Scott, come pick out a stick for me. Yeah. He knows, you know, my wheelhouse. Yeah. And so he usually picks out a stick I really like because he knows what I smoke. One of the better cigars I've ever had. I walked in and said, hey, Jay, what should I get? And Jay goes, huh. And he goes, huh. He kind of looks around, looks at me, looks around, and he pulls one off the shelf. And it was the. Uh, Oh, Chupacabra 10-year. I know you don't like it, but it was really, really good for me. Smoked great, super enjoyable. And uh, and that was just, you know, somebody who knew more than I did. Absolutely. And now, I'm not a fan of that cigar, but I'm not saying it's a bad cigar. No, It's yeah. just not my palate. Yeah, not your thing. And so, as a new cigar smoker, though, you don't have a palate. Yeah. You have no idea what you're looking for. You have no idea, like, picking out notes. I've been smoking them for a long time, and I don't recognize a lot of notes that I see cigar reviewers pointing out because, one, I think they're full of shit, and two, my palate's not that sensitive. I think most of those notes are on a wheel like that and never get spun. (laughs) 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 They just spin and throw darts and hope for the best because, you know, I'm not new, but I'm not a professional. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing. You're not student. getting paid to smoke cigars, so you're not yeah. a professional, but I would not say you're anywhere near new. No, I'm still just a student of the craft. And I, I, I think that's I get, the best place to be, though. I get two flavors. I like it or I don't. That's me. Thumbs <laughs> up, thumbs down. I like it or I don't. If Where I, would you rate the cigar one to ten? Uh, it's zero or one. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, along the way, I'm not just the thumbs up, thumbs down guy anymore because it comes down to a lot of factors on if I'm going to smoke that cigar again. One, was it a solid cigar? You know what I mean? And we've, or at least I, and I'm sure you have, you smoke cigars that the tobacco was just shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not smoking that again. But then there's other cigars, like in my humidor, there's a Alec Bradley Project 40 Maduro. It's not a great cigar, but if I'm going to be in a situation where I want to smoke a cigar, but I don't give a shit if I have to throw half of it out, it's a great stick. See, that would be another tip for the Slide that over, bro. No, slide the mic over. I want you to be comfortable, C. There you go. Well, you don't have no knee pads in there. So. <laughs> well, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, um, that would be another tip for a newbie, though. Along your journey, don't be afraid to revisit stuff you've liked and disliked. Oh, you know, absolutely. <clears throat> and because, dude, I can remember there was a cigar made, and this is embarrassing, but I had a cigar that I actually loved at the time, and it was made by Sinclair Cigars. You know that brand? I've heard of them. Okay, so they are like dirt cheap. Like they, I think I bought a box for like 50 bucks. And it was called the Bamboo. And it was a 6 by 60 beautiful, dark, oily wrapper. And I'm pretty sure that the filler was like wadded up trash newspaper. Because <laughs> it was just, I've gone back and been like, dude, you smoked a shit ton of those. But now I could never smoke them. But when you don't have a palate, you really don't know that much difference between good tobacco, medium tobacco, or shit tobacco. True. So as you learn, 
go back and try cigars that didn't do it for you because as your palate grows, it's like, oh, well, I didn't notice anything about that cigar, but now I do and I like it. Or maybe you still don't. But there's been a lot of cigars where I was like, oh, that's garbage. I'd never smoke that again. And then maybe two years later, I smoke it and I'm like, you know what? That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Have you had that experience? Quite a few times. It's always revisit. Um, your palate's ever evolving. The tobacco's in that cigar ever changing, whether they be aging or a new crop or, you know, because even though they maintain the same line of cigars for many a years, it's not the same tobacco every time. They do their best to blend it to right. be the same every time, but it's still, you know, it's a, it's minor a natural product. That, you cannot repeat perfection of a blend over and over. No, no it's, two crops will be ever variances. be the same. Well, right. here, so here's my question. The manufacturing of cigars, are they all hand-rolled? Or, Every one of them. So there we go, right there. I mean, and that's just long like, filtered. Yeah. So that's that's another that's another deal too. I mean, you're you're talking about a handmade. Are you product. aware that in general, two hundred hands touch that cigar before it gets over here for you to smoke? Well, I, I hope I hope so because <clears throat> if my hands are the only one that touches, this could be a shitty ass cigar. <laughs> but that goes like. For the person who's planting the seeds yeah. in the nursery, yeah. and they grow them up to like that big, and yeah. I'm doing a, a hand gesture, so what, like well, six inches? Yeah, six to ten inches, something like and that. And then they put them, or they actually ride the That's back of a tractor. Inches. What are you saying? I don't know what six inches You're is. lying to her, Rob. You're lying to her. <laughs> that was a very manly six inches. <laughs> So, but then they have a guy or girl that rides on the back of a tractor and they have this funky little plow thing. And as they're riding down the row of the field, they're setting those plants down in the row. Yeah. And as the machine goes over it, it folds the dirt back over except yeah. for what's up. Yeah. And so then you have the person who goes out and trims it. They go have people that process it. I mean, it's a long process. And if you haven't ever seen the whole process and you're interested there is a great davidoff documentary seed the smoke seed the smoke man i've watched it although i did skip through all the talking in the office i just watched the actual part where they're showing what they do i actually listened to the entire thing did you really yeah. it's like two hours or something yeah. three hours i it's don't know it's a cigar and a half it was a good watch I have ADHD, so I, I covered all the parts I see there's plants. Well, one other thing, too, I think that is intimidating for people who are getting into cigar smoking. We talked about this on a previous episode, but price doesn't always indicate quality. Oh, no, and not so, at all. And a lot of people will walk in and they're like, well, I really want a good cigar. And they're going to look at it and be like, well, I'm going to go with like a 17 or $18 cigar. And so you blow that money. And then if it's not a good experience, that turns them off to cigar smoking in general. It's like, well, hell, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go blow that money on <laughs> well, a crappy and, experience. And you might think. I spent 20 bucks on a cigar. It wasn't good. What do I got to spend 40? Yeah. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is not true. Yeah. But that's actually how I got into cigar smoking. Because yeah. I was meeting up with Tim every three months, and we didn't know shit about cigars. Yeah. So I figured if you spend 20 bucks, it's got to be a good cigar. Mm -hmm. Well, I had no idea if it was good or not. I was just smoking it. It's like a movie, man. I mean, it's like, like you know, you may spend 
uh, you may go watch a movie for twenty bucks or whatever. You know, if you buy two tickets and it ends up being a shithole. Where, where are you going to the movie? About you and your wife, yeah. Yeah, know. if you're, if you're it's getting, been a while since I've been in the movie. It was pre-COVID prices. <laughs> if yeah, you're getting two tickets but, for twenty bucks. You're doing good. <laughs> but then you know, then you rent a movie. Uh, you know, for five dollars, and it ends up being a great experience because if you sit down and smoke a cigar, depending on how quick you smoke it, you're t- you're talking about an hour to an hour and a half of your day. And so, not only is it a monetary investment, but it's a well, time investment. And, and I like the analogy, but take it one step further. Cigars are very much the same as in how you would enjoy a movie. Yeah. In the fact that when you find one that you really like, yeah. you'll watch that son of a bitch over and over. How oh, many absolutely. times you've seen Dumb and Dumber? Come on, never. I've seen it. I'm not one that can sit down and watch a movie twice. If ah. I if I see it and I can sit there and know Christmas, what's going on. Christmas Vacation. You know, once. Are you serious? Very rarely oh. do I ever watch a movie over Tombstone. again. Braveheart. Once, once or twice. Godfather. Maybe. Once. Man. Well, those those last two are too damn long. I mean, I just Man. want to watch the fight scenes in Braveheart, and then the Godfather is just a the only brilliant film. Really long. Have you seen The Irishman? I have. How many times have you seen it? Uh, only once, because it was three it and a half four hours. times. Yeah. And the first time I saw it, I watched it again three days later. Uh, it's like, dude, when, you, when you're doing something good, yeah. I want to watch it's it again. It's kind of unfair if you look at like the top best movies of all time. Scorsese's on there like 17 times out of the top 100. It's ridiculous. You know, um, I'm not big into movies as it is, but yeah. when I do watch one, I just can't watch it more than once. But the one movie that I've seen more times than I care to admit was Grease. Oh, and that was because my eighth grade teacher, every time she come in hungover, some we sit there and watch uh, 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 <laughs> Can you imagine playing that movie in schools these days? Oh, oh god, dude, that movie was dirty. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? All, they're all like in their thirties and forties in the movie too. Which right, is funny when you go back and look, they're playing teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> but. I like that analogy because when I find a cigar I really like, I'll go back to it over and over. And when I find a cigar I don't like, I'm not going to keep going back. Now, I will retry it if it was not a bad experience, but I'm not going to keep smoking it over and over. So, like, in your stage of being a new cigar smoker, do you have you developed your palate enough to, like, I really like this cigar... And I smoke it more often. And then there's other cigars that you try, but yeah. you always go back to that. Yeah. Uh, if I am if I don't really want to sit there and try and pick one out or spend a lot of time looking and stuff, Rocky Patel Sun Grown or Rocky Patel Connecticut, those are my two go-tos. And then now I've been kind of working my way through Drew Estate because I want to, you know, I want to try, you know, and branch out and see some more and stuff because I pretty much smoked myself through the Rocky Patel collection. But if I'm just, that's my go-to, yeah, absolutely. Like, if, if I'm, you know, just want a cigar, I don't really want to try something new, I know what I want, I'll go Rocky Patel, Connecticut, or Sun Grown. Gotcha. Yeah. What do, you, do you have any, like, regular go-tos? Because I know you smoke a lot of different cigars, Zika. One of the, I actually just tried to get a box, and he's out. Disappointing. But the, Roma Craft. Uh, yeah, it's actually the Intemperance EC Charity. It's a four by 46 connecticut and it's just a great 20 30 minute coffee stick in the mornings i don't think i've had that one. i've burnt through boxes of them um the my father labels you 1922 oh, that's, the petite robusto that's my There's favorite always a box of those Dude. in my humanoid yes um and then usually the neanderthal hs 
is another one. It's a four by forty six Neanderthal. It's four by forty six. I haven't. Or no, had sorry, that. six by forty six. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, I don't it, know it's that a, one. It's a Krona extra. Gotcha. And of course, everybody knows that I'm going to be smoking medallias from McAuliffe and Tabanero. I love the Sun Grown, and I mean, on the Sun Grown Tabanero, dude, I really love it in the Robusto. Like I've smoked it in the Toro, and it's good. I've smoked it in the six by sixty torpedo, and I'm not near the fan in that Vitola as I am the Robusto. But you know, I like smaller ring gauges. So that was one of the cigars I handed new guy in the humidor today, and all he did was go, "Hmm, I stick to the bigger brands; they're better." Right. That and, guy's going to be new for a long time. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be new because he's not willing to listen. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, it, everyone needs to know getting in the new cigars as well as a new smoker. You have to know that the best cigar you're going to smoke as a newbie is a free one. The second best cigar you're going to smoke as a newbie is a recommended one. And the third best cigar you're going to smoke as a newbie is one you pick out. I mean, that's just, you know, when you're going along, that's that's how you're the learning process. And so definitely if somebody knows what the hell they're talking about, even if it's a recommendation, I mean, you would take that because you have no idea. You don't know. Right. I mean, dude, and especially when you walk into the humidor at the Leaf, which is huge. Yeah. For a brand new guy. Oh, gosh. You're like, just like, what the hell? And if you're smoking, if you're smoking, you know, a cigar, you know, two or three cigars a month, you know, relatively steadily, you're, you could spend in, in several years just on one wall. Oh, at the yeah. Leaf, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't remember, but I think the humidor at the leaf is like 22 by 36, yeah. something like that. It's bigger than most apartments. I mean, and it's, I mean it's large. It has two islands <laughs> yeah. with cigars, yep. and then the cigars are from floor to about seven feet, yeah. maybe six and a half. Yeah. I can reach it. Larry might have to come in and get it. Larry can read the top and everything. Right. So, <laughs> so but that's a good point to make to a new guy is when you go into a humidor like that don't feel like afraid to ask and you know i don't work at the leaf but i've been in the humidor i can't even count how many times and i was like hey what are you looking for i like to help people and most other cigar smokers are happy to help you especially if you're going there to grab a cigar for a specific event like a promotion, and you know you're going to have this cigar while you're drinking, you know, champagne or wine, or you're drinking a bourbon or a scotch, or I'm going to have it with the meal, or I'm going to drink it, or I'm going to smoke it with a cup of coffee, or I know I'm going to smoke this on the beach. I mean, it's all this set now, setting I'm gonna, type I'm going to say this. I don't think a lot of new cigar smokers know to, to smoke a cigar and pair it with coffee. See, I caught that. For me, that was, I paired that up pretty quickly. Now, were you already a heavy coffee drinker? Oh, big time. See, I didn't drink coffee until after I started smoking cigars. Really? Because it paired so oh, well. Yeah. In fact, I didn't like coffee because I was like, why would I want to? And well, to be fair, the only coffee I had ever tried was like at work that was just rancid, awful coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just Pot like, coffee, coffee yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And so me and my wife were at the Leaf one day and the Leaf has very good coffee. Oh exceptional i mean very good and my wife was like you should try this i think you'd really like it it'd go well with your cigar i bet and i was like i don't like coffee she's like just try it and i tried it and i was like wow the coffee experience 
was like, I can taste that coffee more than I can taste my cigars because yeah. I was still pretty new. Which that's a good point, though, because I was the same way. I found out that coffee is really good with cigars at the leaf. And because, you know, I just, this is like my sixth or seventh cigar ever. And I was having it at the leaf and I realized, oh, you have a full service coffee bar. And I was like, well, I like coffee. So I went and got a coffee, had the coffee with the cigar. And I was like, oh, this is. This is this is nice. So that's what I'm saying. If you're yeah. new and you like good coffee, mm-hmm. try it with a cigar. Try yeah. to find whatever it is that you really enjoy, yeah. and then start finding a cigar to pair that with. Yeah. And if you know being new, I would highly recommend that you ask somebody. Say, hey, you know, I really enjoy drinking this coffee, and I would like to smoke a cigar with this coffee or with this bourbon or with this scotch or whatever it is that you really like and ask help from the tobacconist. Say, hey, what would you think would pair well with this instead of just going into the humidor blind trying to find something? Because you could find a shit ton of cigars that don't do anything for that pairing. Oh, yeah. I'll admit today was the first day I had the coffee from the leaf. Oh, I think it was a Kenya. I'm impressed. Oh, great coffee. I, I, I mean, and I don't even take my coffee that serious. I'm not. Well, you know, I mean, I drink coffee. I like cigars with coffee. I actually really enjoy cigars with coffee, yeah. but I don't take it that serious. Yeah, I was, I was sorry. I looked at my phone to so I get the actual name of it. But Habana Restaurant on South Congress in Austin, great Cuban food, and I on their dessert menu is Cuban coffee. With a cigar, really on their dessert menu. Can you Havana smoke the cigar in oh, there? So well, they have uh, patio seating. Nice. And so they say, you know, there's a little disclaimer on there. Hey, we recommend, or sorry, if you're going to get this, you need to be on the patio. You can move to the patio. Zach, you just made a new friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> all they want a cocker. He's all yours. <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, yeah, it we had it out there, and it was Cuban espresso with. A cigar How was... How is the Cuban espresso? Oh, I love Cuban espresso. That yeah. is just delicious, period. Now... And paired you, with a cigar... You don't put anything in it, do you? So Cuban espresso is, depending on where you go... It's like a thimble. It, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's small. It's a, a single espresso shot, and they brew it different ways some places. So here in Abilene, if you go to Big Country, uh, they'll do a Cuban espresso, and it is a shot of espresso with brown sugar and um, like a drop of heavy cream. Some places will do it where they actually take the brown sugar and they tamp in the espresso cup. They'll tamp the brown sugar in and then put the espresso beans, the ground espresso beans on top of it. So when it siphons through, it liquefies that sugar directly into the espresso shot. I think that's how it was there. I would think that would be the best way to go. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was on point. It was spectacular after, I mean, because you're full and you're feeling heavy and everything like that. And so you want to sit back and you get that shot of caffeine with a nice cigar with the nicotine and all of a sudden it was like yo i'm ready to go walk around and do stuff and i don't feel like you know <laughs> a you know, cow down in south florida almost any cuban restaurant that's worth its salt at the end of the meal they always bring you a complimentary cup of cuban coffee mm, so good sometimes a cuban coffee is better than the whole meal yeah it's, oh i'm telling you man yeah it's I dig it. yeah i've never had it yeah. oh i would love out. to yeah now i was talking to someone the other day and this is going to go off topic but he was telling me about the uh, Middle Eastern coffee. Mm-hmm. Like Turkish coffee. He called it something else, but close enough. And he was saying that they all put sugar and cream in it. That's what they do over there because it's yeah. so strong. Yeah. 
And I was like, I don't know if I'd like that because I'm just not a big fan of sweet stuff. Well, like that, uh, that happened with uh, espresso. Period. Like the americano you get at most coffee shops is it's espresso cut with water because American GIs and Italy during World War II, they would get Italian coffee and they'd have this espresso and it was way too strong. So they cut it with uh, water and then hence the Americano. It's the American style of an espresso coffee. And so, you know, but that's like your regular cup of joe that you would have here. That's really good coffee. It's just not as strong. And some people prefer the espresso. You see, I got ruined. Before I really got into drinking coffee, I had espresso from a really nice espresso machine uh, when I on a trip in uh, Europe. And it, you'll know it's really, really good espresso when it's super dark, and then there's this film on top, this white film, and it's called the crema. And that on top, when it's that really heavy film of crema, and it's just like, it's a pow, right in your mouth of flavor. It's really, really good. I got spoiled, and I want to give a shout-out in Lubbock, Texas. You may have been there, mm-hmm. but Ooh La Lattes. Oh, yeah. Ooh La Lattes good. They've got great coffee, and their service is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Their service. If you, if you ever find yourself in Lubbock, Texas... Go by, and it's a drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? Well, you can't go in your semi, but if you're <laughs> driving through Lubbock, it's definitely worth the visit. Yeah. I'll tell you more about it after the show. Scenery's pretty nice. Scenery is amazing. But anyway. I've been to a few of those in Seattle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell you this. What I thought was crazy was, like, someone had told me about it, and I was like, I don't understand. You're going through a drive-thru. The person is up here, and there's this little window. No, 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 no. They have a window from down here up to there, and it's big, and there's a place to sit down. And it's like, wow, service is great. Anyway, uh, let's get back on track with being a new cigar smoker. So being a new cigar smoker, you might be brand new, like we said. Maybe you've only smoked two or three sticks, yeah. or maybe you've been smoking for two or three years. You could still be a very new cigar smoker. I mean, maybe you only smoke one cigar every two or three months. Yeah. So you really don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And unless you're like the one guy who writes down every single, everything about every cigar, which is not the most common well, I mean, cigar smoke. Even then, just the act of actually smoking a cigar is that is also there's a trick to it and you get better at it over time and you can oh, you know, sure. enjoy cigars like for a long time i would have cigars that would go haywire on me just because i didn't know how the hell to smoke them and you so, can smoke one too fast yep you can smoke one too slow yep. which is usually you always have to relight it yep but let's not even get to that point first that's a little bit later let's talk about you have a cigar in hand what are you going to do with it zeka you want to cover this one and Cut pull it. that mic down around. He's as bad as Bryant. <laughs> I thought I was filling in for him. I, I mean, I want the, I want this experience to be as real as possible here. All right. <laughs> um, Cut it. I mean. Draw it. For me, especially if it's a new cigar I haven't had, I do like to smell the foot of it just to kind of get an idea of oh, is it going to be. Fetish. No. I, <laughs> I do. But no, I'd like to get a sense of like the smell of the tobacco because I love when I find that cigar that has that deep, rich, like a Sin Compromiso. Yeah. I think those smell phenomenal. See, I haven't smelled the foot, but I've. Drawing I, them across under my nose and smell them. And then like you feel like draw the evil villain and, in every movie when you're driving. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do um, like to sit there and admire and 
overlook and enjoy my cigar before I actually light it up. Because it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And like a well rolled cigar is, yeah. I mean, it's it's again handmade. It's and the an beauty art. is in the eye of the beholder because a cigar that I think is beautiful, you might think looks trashy. True. I remember when I absolutely loved the LFD Cabinet Six because the wrapper was like a quarter of it, a quarter of an inch thick, or so mm. it looked. And it was all like bumpy. It nice wasn't veins yeah, and rustic. I mean, and, it was yeah. like you look like you could wring it out. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it was dipped in baby oil. Right, it but it was cigar. not like a perfectly round wrapper. You know what I mean? It wasn't like perfection, but I thought it was just beautiful. Yeah. So when you look at a cigar, enjoy the beauty of what it looks like because so many cigars are different. Like you're never gonna see. Five different cigars that look exactly the same if you really take time to look at them. You know, that's a hand-rolled work of art, each individual cigar. There's Absolutely. no reason why you can't admire it so while just enjoying in, it. On top of that, just because it's one cigar burns bad, don't toss out the rest of them and be like, I'm never going to buy one of those cigars because they burn bad. You got, I mean, like you said, you got to go back at least, at least again. Oh, yeah. I mean. At least. It's a, it's a natural product huh. it's handmade huh. there's a lot of room for error and it's delicate very delicate huh. and there's some cigars that are more delicate than others yeah. perfect example is today there at the leaf i got a uh, uh drew estate and i was standing there in the line to check out and i wasn't paying attention and i changed hands with it and it fell right on the cap mm. yeah and so i go to cut it and it immediately Splits. Split. And I'm like, oh, God dang it. Here, you'll ruin the cigar and stuff. And then it smoked beautifully. Now. Split and all. So here's another thing. Now, first of all, the number one rule when you're getting ready to cut your cigar, especially if you're in a lounge and you're using the shop cutter, do not stick the tip of the cigar in your mouth oh. and then cut your cigar. Yeah, Nobody, I, man. I was bad at that, and Larry had to get on to me. I'm telling you, Larry, it, I just well, need, a think about it. I need a positive male role model in my life because I was over there gumming up the cigar and then sticking it on the company so lighter like and stuff. Double dipping the chips Oh, in the 100%. Larry's like, hey, you animal. We, <laughs> right. piss, we piss in the bathroom, okay? And they don't do that to the, the uh, shop deal. Bring your own stuff. You're going to get your nasty germs on. I say, yes, sir. Yes, Larry. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's exactly the same way I learned. Yeah. Before I knew, I didn't know. Yeah, because, you, you know, and then naturally, too, like if you're using your own cutter or punch or whatever, you know, whatever you're using, it by giving it that little bit of moisture, it's going to prevent it, it from splitting. softens it up softens a little bit. softens it up, and so it makes it easier to cut. And so, yeah, if you're using your own tools... Go for it. But again, that's a you know, shop so, etiquette. See, yeah, I was going to say, there's, you know, it's not some like pretentious, bougie club to be in, but yeah. there's a certain level of etiquette yeah. in the cigar industry and especially in the lounges and the shops. Absolutely. That, you know, if you're going to cough, close your damn mouth. You know, like it's the same if, It's if, a hygiene if, deal. If you want to be an animal, stay in the <laughs> East Texas swamps where you belong. <laughs> no, but. I mean, okay, so that we break that down. You don't stick it in your mouth if you're using a public cutter. Yeah. Uh, I usually carry my cutter. Sometimes I do, though. Sometimes I don't, though. Well, so, I like today, I use Zeka's cutter. I mean, I didn't lick it before I, you know, used his cutter. So, that's rule number one. And the next thing you really should do is really take the time to look 
at the tip of the cigar before you cut it. No. Look and see where the cap is. No. And the cap is like a Jewish yarmulke that they like put on top of the, what do you call it, the shoulder, the tip, one of those. The head. Just the head. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Just the head. So now, now do you cut it at the first, second, or third cap? Well, it nah. really depends on the cigar because if the cap, some caps actually come down quite far. And then there's some cigars where the cap is like, man, you're barely going to not cut it all off, even if you take off just a little. So on those, you should know that if the cap is very, very thin and just covering the top section, you're probably going to want to go with like a punch or a V cut or a V cut. But even with the V cut, I've actually cut through below the cap and the caps come off because mm. I cut too on. Well, and I use a deep V cut. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you this, whenever I'm cutting with a deep V, if I have a smaller ring gauge, I mean, you see how that fits in there? I won't slide it all the way down. I'll like pull it down just a little bit and then cut it. So I'm not going as deep, yeah. but that just comes from experience knowing if I cut it all the way down, it's going to screw up my cigar. Yeah. That also comes down to is like I I prefer a punch because it's harder to screw up a punch. It is. Yeah, a punch is pretty straightforward. You can screw up a regular cutter, and then you know, like you were saying, you can screw up a V cut. A punch is pretty straightforward, and it's super easy to pack a punch on a keychain or a lanyard or something. You know, it's really small. It's easy to fit in a cigar bag, like a go bag or whatever you might. And have. see, I'm the I, I'm not a fan of the punch at all. Yeah. I can't stand the punch now. Are you a punch guy? I have one on my keychain, but that's just because I need one if I don't have another cutter anywhere. I've actually pulled my ID out and used it to cut the cap like a pocket knife. Yeah. Or I've used a punch, but. I, You know what? I, I've used my little case knife many times just to cut a little sliver off You've the You've seen top. I've used. I've used my a, problem uh, with punches, though, is there's not a lot of them that are. Big enough. Big enough. Yeah. I think that, you know, the 9 and 11 millimeters, the standard punch. And yeah. 9 is 9. Yeah, they're and pretty small. I have seen a 11 and a 13, and I'm like, 13 can get to be too big if you're smoking like a Corona Extra. Yeah. But the 11 is usually pretty good. I think Zycar makes one that looks like a spark plug, and I think that one is a 13. But I never used one because I'm not a big fan of that. I like to open up my cigar so I can get a good draw. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a great other point. I we I completely forgot the draw on a cigar. Well, we haven't got to that part yeah. yet because we're cutting. Yeah. So you, you're done cutting. And before you even light the cigar, I'd like to take a cold draw. Well, can you check a draw? Obviously, you can't draw on the cigar before you cut it, but can you check what can, is there any way to give you a indication of what kind of draw it's going to have prior to cutting it and actually drawing? Not that I'm aware of. No, that's what brought up my curiosity for the whole draw test thing that we discussed. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't run my hand down right where the draw would be and see if it's firm or if it's loose or anything like that. No, no. Now, now I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll go in and I'll, when I'm picking out a cigar, a lot of times I'll feel the cigar to see if it feels like there's a big knot in it. Yeah. And so for those listening, we're talking about right usually where the wrapper is towards the That's end of the, the head of the cigar. That's where you normally find the, the hard balled up part. Yeah. And I think it must be, and I don't know this, this is just my theory, but I think when they roll it, mm-hmm. it like, 
it balls up on the end or something because that's always where it seems to be the tightest part of the cigar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know what causes that. No. But it's if just, you're going to go into a shop and do that, you start squeezing and pinching the cigar to check for it or not, one, make sure it's a cigar that you're probably going to buy if there ain't one there. Because and if also it doesn't sure have it, cello on it, nobody yeah. wants you touching their cigar. That's but also, if you squeeze it too hard or roll it too much and it starts cracking, and now you've just messed up somebody else's cigar if you That's don't buy it. That's a good point, yeah. Now, if it starts cracking, though, I'm thinking the, the cigar's too dry. Yeah. So, if it's cracking, I, I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> but, no, I do agree 100%. Like, I'm not going in there feeling up the definition cigars with have no cellophane. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's mess all over somebody else's. Yeah, I mean, you put the cigar down, and now whoever smokes it that comes in an hour later, your germs are on that, just like if you were licking it. Yeah. Or whatever you might be doing. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I'm definitely licking all over before I use the, the house uh, cutter. I mean, 100%. Right. Unless Larry's watching. Right. So... <laughs> Anyway, I'd like to take a cold draw because if I can't get a draw at all and it's plugged, here's a way that I would recommend that you do it. And this is not something that I do, but this is something that someone gave me the tip and I thought it was good. Was you go to a cigar shop, you cut the top of the cigar, and instead of taking a draw like you normally would, flip it around and take the draw from the foot and that way if it is completely plugged you can go over to the shop guy and be like hey man i just bought this cigar it's completely plugged and i took a draw from the foot you want to try it from the other end and let him test it see if there's a problem now it depends on how you are i don't like skewing cigars with tools so i have done that if i'm having draw issues usually usually it's after i've started smoking it and I just can't get a good enough draw to keep it going and stuff the way I want it to, is I'll use the pipe tool. And I've used the pipe tool to punch the draw. And I'm, I'm sure that could be a giant big no-no or whatever. But that usually, if I'm having draw issues or it's plugged, Well, you know, they make tools out. for that. Yeah. And I just use a pipe tool because it's around. It, it, and it's basically the same thing. It's yeah. just not long enough. Yeah, yeah. I've got one somewhere, but I don't use it because for me... If I have to skew a cigar, it's just not. I'm already pissed off. Uh, if I got to work for it, then right. I I'm, want. I'm here to relax and enjoy my cigar. I'm not going to put in all kinds of time and effort. To- yeah. So just for fun, I, I realized this because I didn't have a cutter or a punch or anything around me, and so I tested it out. I really wanted to smoke a cigar. I had no implement to use, and so I wondered if I could smoke it from the foot. So I pulled it around. I Absolutely, drew, you can. Yep. And I smoked it backwards, and it was fine. Worked great. I had no issue. I know on the Cigar Authority show, they've done that at least a couple of times. Yeah. Smoked them from the other end. Yeah. And they say it was a completely different experience. Yes. I've never done it except for on a sweet tip. Yeah. Because I don't like sweet tips. Yeah. And someone told me, well, flip it around because it's really good tobacco. I think you'll like it. Yeah. So I flipped it around. I cut the head off and i smoked it from the foot and i still did not like it (laughs) but i tried it so anyway let's get back to this so you cut the cigar you take a cold draw and the further you get along people say that you can get notes on a cold draw i don't really get notes on a cold draw do you 
Mm. I get notes off the wrapper. Honestly, I probably get better notes off of the cold draw than I do actually lighting it on fire and smoking it. But they're like basic, hardcore pronounced woodsy chocolate. You know, I'm not getting the lemon pledge and the pencil leads, and (laughs) you know, I get a really good taste of cold draw off of acids. Are you sure you're not eating the sour apples? Oh, it's really, it's tasty. One and the same. Uh, right. I like to drink it with my Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. So, that'd be an interesting pairing. An acid with Kool-Aid. <laughs> Next time Brian's here, that's what I'm going to set him up with. A fat bottom Betty and some cherry Kool-Aid. Oh, gosh. So, anyway, uh, then it's time to light the cigar. And there's definitely a skill set to lighting a cigar. Now... There's going to be, you've seen the three match light before. Uh, no? So I found a video and it was made on, I don't know, but it was some sophisticated guy smoking and he was teaching how to light a cigar and it was called the three match light. And the first match, he toasts the foot, which I am a believer in toasting the foot. I agree. Yep. Uh, then he holds up the match and puffs slowly, long, slow puffs. While he's slowly rotating, this is not like a hamster wheel where you're just like rolling it. You want to like let the flame go in, turn it, let the flame go in, turn it. You know what I mean? You don't have to keep rolling the whole time. And then that would get it going. And then he'd light the last match, which would finish it off. That's too much pain in the ass for me. I am not some eloquent. No guy so i like to toast the foot with my torch lighter and then once i pretty much toast the foot and i always make sure that i toast the edge all the way around because i don't want like like i hate it when i start smoking and i see like maybe you know a quarter of an inch that i missed it's like damn because i know that now that part's gonna have to catch up but i don't want it to catch up i want it to start out right so i and Speaking this is, of which, what are you smoking? Oh, I'm smoking the Casa Cuba. Okay. Have Divine you sm- inspiration? Or? No. Oh, no, the Casa Cuba. Yeah. Yes. Now, have you smoked any I of these? I have smoked a couple of them. It's this is a Fuente that I actually don't mind at all. one of it's my one. favorite Fuentes. Yeah, and at the price point, too, it's a great cigar. And did you know this about this cigar? This is a brick-and-mortar-only cigar. I did not know that. I learned that last night. I did not know that either. We were online trying to buy him and couldn't. No. <laughs> uh, I was actually watching uh, Melanie Sisko's show, and Carlito was on there. And sure. I said, I love this cigar. Somebody else was smoking it. And he was like, well, the oh, was Angela Yu, who runs Carlito's uh, lounge, yeah. said the great thing about these are, that they are brick and mortar only because we wanted to have a cigar that cigar shops are not trying to compete with online sales. Nice. And so I didn't even know that. And I was like, I think it's one of their best cigars. Now, do you know where these cigars came from? Do you know the story behind them? I do not. So Carlito's father blended these when he was basically bedridden and couldn't leave the house. But he had all this special tobacco that he never got to blend. And he came up with the blends in his mind and then told the blenders exactly how he wanted them. So he blended them without ever being out there. 
Hmm. That's pretty impressive. Did, right. did he recover from his bedriddenness, or did he? Pitch no, he died. Past he was past. old. <laughs> so that's that, so that blend is his dying. Well, and like, the one I gave legacy. you, the divine inspiration. Yeah. He actually dreamed that blend and woke up, wrote it down, and gave it to him and said, "I want you to make this." This was yeah. the divine inspiration. Uh-huh. Hey guys, when he gets to like cigar knowledge and stuff, you got to draw me a fucking roadmap. All right. <laughs> Let's watch the fuck word. Oh, that's fair. Thank you. When um, the good thing about cigars though is it gives you plenty of time to go down rabbit holes and do lots of research, <laughs> even if it's yeah, you know, seems pointless, well, but I, it's interesting. Yeah, I got really into cigars because I was as a student. I would go, you know, I would love to go to the Leaf, smoke a cigar, do homework. Nobody would mess with me. Nobody would come up and ask me questions. You want to go to a party? You want to get this and stuff? Nobody knew where I was at. And then half the time, I wouldn't even get my computer out, put my phone in my bag, and I have to read and do all that other stuff because I was a history major. And the, that's why I got back into cigar smoking at the Leaf because I'm going to get to my master's, and it's the exact same way. Now it's tougher now after you know meet all y'all and everybody's we don't let you stuff. Yeah, it's exactly like, it. What yeah. are you doing? Put that book away. Bad influences. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is you know if you're if you're you know if you're doing something, it's really nice, to, especially something that requires thought and you can't just do it real quick. You have to think about it. A cigar's nice. It's really nice to have to pair with something you know. It's like very that. relaxing too. Absolutely, and I. I mean, just the the motion of doing it and knowing that you're taking your time. Because if you come in and if you're a cigarette smoker, let's go ahead and talk about that real quick. If you're a smoker of any kind, and when you start smoking cigars, it's completely different because this is the one tobacco product or other products that you might be smoking that you do not inhale. Now, if you do, you're going to... Figure out real quick, yeah. it's a bad idea. You can inhale it. I don't know I, how much you're going to enjoy it. But. Well, you know what's funny is I know people who smoke cigars that inhale Oof, regularly. A too. No, no, I well, smoke cigarettes and it's like have big, you watched bigger man than I am. What do they sound like? Have is you? Just, no, no, no. Have you? You ever watched Ed smoke? I guess Ed doesn't inhale. Now that I thought about it, guy. If you think out about it, nose, yeah. he will like puff. Blow out smoke and then like eight seconds later breathe and yeah, then more come smoke out, comes yeah. out and I'm like, dude, you got to quit doing that. Yeah, but Ed was in Vietnam and he's so much manlier than all of us. That in is the room. true. I mean, that is yeah. true. And then uh, what's that whole story? The you know, way I found that out was funny. You know the the Perinis. Yeah. So Tom, the owner. Yeah. He used to come in the shop all the time. Really? And he smoked the Arturo Fuente 858. That's all he smoked, and he bought it by the box. And he would come in. Every once in a while, he'd sit down, and we'd chit-chat. And dude inhales, like 100% inhales. And I guess it's probably been about three or four years ago. I saw him one day somewhere else, and I was like, hey, man, we haven't seen you at the Leaf. He said, well, I quit smoking. I was like, what? How do you quit smoking cigars? And he's like, I was in France, and the hotel I was at didn't have an elevator. And on the third flight of steps, I collapsed, and they had to take me to the hospital. And the doctor said, if you don't quit smoking, you're not going to make it back to America. And so I was like, I don't understand that. I I mean, my lungs are great. And he said, oh, well, but I inhale. And I was like, dude, that's serious. And he's like, I always have. 
And I was like, well, can't you just keep smoking cigars and not inhale? And he's like, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you're too close to it. I mean, once you're in yeah. that situation, yeah. you can't just quit. Yeah, I mean, my dad smoked cigarettes for 16 years, and he always gives me a hard time. Every, you know, I talk about going and getting cigars and stuff. He goes, oh, it's a gateway drug. Just a gateway drug, right back to cigarettes. Because <laughs> for him, that's it. it well, really you know what's is. funny is probably about three weeks ago. Uh, now, did you ever smoke cigarettes, Zach? No. You smoked cigarettes. I did, 20-something years. Yeah, I smoked, I don't know how many I started with, but by the time I quit after 24 years, I was smoking two packs plus a day. Yep. And when I quit, like the difference of me walking from one side of the room to the other was amazing. Because Mm -hmm. when I smoked two and a half plus, I would be winded from walking from one side of the house to the other. And after I quit smoking, that went away. And now that I smoke cigars, I'm not winded at all. Except, yeah. you know, I'm fat, but I'm working yeah. on that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, don't inhale your cigars. Yes. And I have accidentally done it more than once, yeah. probably about four or five, maybe six times. And I can tell you when it happens. You know what happens. It uh, is not uh, fun. It feels like someone takes a sledgehammer and hits you right in the chest. Yep. I mean, and it does not go away quick. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember the the very first cigar that the aha moment went for me was a Kristoff, and that was the first time I accidentally inhaled. Like I was digging this cigar. I was like, holy crap, you know, it was it was a very strong Kristoff, and I was get I was like, Oh, pepper, spice. I I can taste flavors. I've never tasted flavors before. And that's because I was buying $20 cigars that were like really refined. It couldn't taste shit. But now that I have this Kristoff that is like bold and strong and spicy, I yeah. was like, this is what a cigar should be. Yeah. And then for the next four years, I smoked bold, spicy cigars because yeah. oh, yeah. that's what I thought Absolutely. they were supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah, don't inhale. So that's a good lesson there. Yep. And then, so once you're lighting the cigar, you light it, you roll it while you have the flame. And the typical rule when you're lighting a cigar is to hold your torch at a 45-degree angle. So I see people all the time, does this drive you crazy? They're lighting a cigar, and they're just like that. Yeah. <laughs> they're just burning the bottom of the cigar. a ton of times. Because you didn't know any better. Cigar. Yep. And I mean, but I'm like, dude, you're not even on the tip. Yeah. You're just burning the bottom side of and that then you cigar. You wonder why your cigar burns Canoes. at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> See, yeah. When I do mine, I'm both of them are at like a 45 degree angle, and well, and you're you watching know? it, and you're yeah. seeing where it goes. And I'll tell you, the best thing on the planet is: Have you ever had somebody light your cigar for you? So I, I'd never had that before, and I was at the. Uh, paladin in fort worth and i bought some cigars and the tobacconist there was like are you gonna smoke that here and i was like yeah and he's like you want me to take care of it for you and i was like what do you mean he's like and he's like i handed him my cigar and he cut it for me perfect cut and then he's like all right here you go and he hands it back to me and he's like all right let's go ahead and he toasted the foot And he hands it back to me, and he's like, go ahead and start puffing on it, and I'll light it. And so I'm puffing, and he's lighting. And the cool thing about that is 
because he's standing over here, he can see the foot perfectly as he's lighting it for me. Mm. Like, I'm puffing, but he's got to control the torch. Oh, I thought you meant like somebody took it and like... No, no, no. I was at like an upper echelon type cigar like tasting party one time and they had um what would you call them strippers oh, oh eh, sorry. they were more of <laughs> the call girl level but <laughs> yeah very um beautiful women and they were catering the cigars and walking around and but that was the thing is they would cut it and light it but then they were doing the long oh yeah um, they were know, putting it in their mouth yeah I don't know how and many dicks you sucked. That was kind of my <laughs> I think this is where Larry says they're going to uh, G rating. <laughs> I, I don't want someone yeah, lighting my was, cigar um, with their mouth. It was like, you know, I, I get the whole catering thing, but that was my thought, too. It was like, wait a minute. You just took my cigar and put it in your mouth. And, and wow, now, this and tastes you know, like menthol. I mean, I probably would have a problem kissing her later, but I didn't want her... I, I could not. And the funny thing is, when the guy said, would you like me to light that for you? The first thing I thought it was that he wanted to do that. And I was like, oh, I'm good. And he's like, oh, well, just say it. And he cuts it for me, toasts the foot. And he's like, here you go. Start puffing and I'll light the foot for you. And I was like, oh. And so I started rolling it. Dude, best light I've ever had. Because he's got this single torch, and he's literally sees exactly where it's not completely lit up yet. So, if you get the opportunity, I highly recommend it. And hopefully, the guy knows what he's doing. You know, I remember you saying something a while ago, too, um, about lighting your cigar in front of a mirror. Yeah, yeah. That's you it. know, as a newbie, if you're lighting your cigars, light it in front of a mirror, you know, so you can see what's going on on the other end of it right you know you'll develop that feel for it and and that is a great way to practice and get the experience without screwing up your cigar every time because i know i've screwed up a lot of cigars way back in the day because i didn't know how to light a cigar and that is a very important part if you don't like the cigar right your chances of having a bad experience are very high yes true so now you've got your cigar lit and let's just say the example is you're going to be sitting in the lounge smoking. First of all, you don't want to be hitting it like a cigarette. Yep. It's not meant to be smoked in five minutes. And if you do, you're going to be hot boxing it. And what happens on a cigar when you hot box it, and what I mean by that is you're drawing so much air so regularly that you're causing that flame to really stoke and get hot. And the tobacco is not meant to get that hot now you're baking your tobacco right and yeah. it changes the flavor a lot of times it'll make it a rancid taste because yep. you're overheating it to a level where the flavor is not good yeah and especially newbies that's when the nicotine will hit you like a sledgehammer if you're sitting there just overhitting it and hot boxing it then all of a sudden you get hit with this nicotine feeling that if you don't smoke cigarettes or you don't smoke or you don't use nicotine products, you're not used to, and that that's when it slams into you. And that's why you see people throwing up when they smoke cigars because they don't understand, okay, well, I'm supposed to draw on this and enjoy the experience. And then, you know, if you're going to smoke a cigar, you need to slot out an hour, hour and a half of your day. Oh. If you're a newbie, if you're a newbie. Yeah. Well, I mean... I When I light up a cigar, my goal is to make it an hour. Yeah. I fall short of that because I am a faster smoker than most and probably faster than I actually should be. But as long as I don't make it hot boxed, 
I'm okay with it. Yeah. I tend to smoke faster than slower because I can't stand relighting cigars. Yeah. Because and you also have ADD. I'm ADHD. <laughs> and so, you know, if I smoke a cigar for an hour, that was a really good smoke for me. If I smoke a cigar in 30 minutes, I'm fixing to light another one up. That's just the way I yeah. am. Yeah. Uh, so, but you're sitting in the lounge, you're smoking, you're not smoking too fast, you're not smoking too slow. How do you know when it's time to ash? <laughs> for uh, To each their own. I, to me, in a I lounge... Watched, yeah, go ahead, Zeka. A lounge versus my own home or outside or whatnot is two totally different oh, things. Oh, and that's why I prefaced. I'm um, very conscientious of another person's house. And when you go to a lounge, you're stepping into somebody's house. Yes. You know, I tend to ash my cigar a lot more often in the lounge just out of fear of dropping ashes on the floor and the yeah. chairs. And Well, I mean, how many shirts you know? do you have that you burn a hole in? A few. I've, I've, got, a few. <clears throat> I've got lots of shirts with holes because and, when you don't ash... And it looks all nice because it's a long ash. Gravity will ash for you. Boom. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'm and I'm not a fan. If that's what you enjoy is smoking a cigar and having a really long ash, knock yourself out. That's not me. See, I'm not here to be part of an ash contest. No, I do feel that um, on some cigars, especially some of the bigger cigars, Keeping a half inch, an inch of ash on there. Is insulation. It's insulation. It helps keep that big cherry cooler. It doesn't burn as hot as fast. But there's a fine line between keeping enough to do its job and yeah. risking dropping it on something or somebody's floor. My uh, my dad loves to tell me you know, these stories and stuff. And one of them was there's a prosecutor in the South who was an attorney. He was a defense attorney, prosecutor, a lawyer. And he's a courtroom guy. And he was a courtroom. I mean, he was a... He was really good in the courtroom. He'd always smoke a cigar. And he had a tie clip that was pretty long. And before he would start his talking in front of the court, he would take out this tie clip and he'd put it in the foot of his cigar. And then he'd smoke on that cigar and the ash would get ridiculously large. And the entire jury would be so enthralled in this ash. When's it going to fall? When's it going to fall? When's it going to fall? And if he had to squeeze something in that he didn't really want the jury to be privy to... That's when he do it because half the people aren't listening. They're all looking like, "What's going to do?" You know, and he's talking with his ash out and he's now, slinging his arm this? around. Back in nineteen seventy-five. Like oh yeah, when you could smoke in the courtroom, so that kind of no. dates it right there. <laughs> you, you could took, smoke you know, everywhere. Yeah, you're talking like Atticus Finch, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so he's slinging his cigar around, and everyone's all enthralled with it and stuff. And so that was his tactic. But you know, I it's, don't get the whole long ash thing personally. I, but like, I know. There's shops that have, like, the long ash contest. Oh, the Leaf did. Uh, back when I was in college, they had a long ash yeah. contest. And yeah. you know who won? Didn't you tell me it was a girl who laid down? It was a girl who back? laid down on the floor and smoked it while she laid down. And I was like, that is not what cigar smoking is about. That doesn't seem enjoyable to me. But. I mean, I don't. first, I don't want to lay on the floor where every Tom, Dick, and Harry walks through there. Well, tea time out. What was the... What was the prize? Because if it was like a free box of blah, 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 yeah, my ass is on the floor, guys. Fat bottom Betty's. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever smoked uh, acid, uh, sweet tip? Mm -hmm. uh, in, mm -hmm. And what do you think about that experience? Yeah. I mean, it's situational. You know, if you want to go in and, and get, you know, I just want to taste something. I want it to be fruity. Okay, yeah, acid's good. You know? And then, or, you know, going in, especially as a newcomer, and you don't know what you're getting, 
and you don't know how to distinguish a flavored cigar from a non-flavored cigar, and you accidentally grab a flavored cigar, it's kind of a nice little surprise. And it's a surprise. Huh. <laughs> I don't know you about know, nice. Honestly, I never smoked um, the flavored cigars, the infused cigars, and stuff until after I started smoking cigars. So yeah. when I did finally get into like tasting acids and stuff like that, my first thought was, you know. The Acid Blondies are like one of the number one cigars for new smokers. Yep. If I smoked one of those first, it would probably turn me off on cigars completely. Uh, same here. Yeah. If that would have been my first experience, I would have been like, "Well, hey, I will." The uh, so the uh, one of the owners of Definition Cigars, Neo was, Neo, was uh, in the Leaf, I guess, last Wednesday, and I walked in there. And he made a great point. He goes, now, this is from a business perspective. However, he said, always keep your flavored cigars around because women love them. And so if you're a newbie and you want to go smoke a cigar and your girl wants to come along, your wife or however it works and stuff, or you're smoking with some friends and some girls are there and they want to smoke as well, flavored cigars are a great go-to. That's a great recommendation. Well, I, I don't think that they are... Gender specific. To no, be honest I with would. You. I would agree. I, that's I just mean, the, that's the the what. Well, that's one market trend. I think that, that is. Made. I think that is like. I mean, because I know women that smoke cigars that smoke way bolder cigars than me. Oh, absolutely. And so I think you got to be careful on like pigeonholing women into that sector. Yeah. Well, that was just that was a that was a market thing that he had seen and he had noticed whenever they would go to cigar events that they would have those flavored cigars and they were a perfect way to spread the product around and go okay well, I, here you I, go i think that even for guys yeah i mean are you aware that acids are the number one selling cigar in america that doesn't surprise me at all that's what i was going to get at is yeah. i don't know what the numbers are but drew estates pro or portfolio is full of you know, I'm going to say probably a third of their portfolio. At least all, a third. You know, Fat Bottom Betty's, the Tabacs, the the Deep the Dish, Leches or whatever, the Blondie. The, yeah. don't, all the do they make lines? the Naturals, yeah. or is that a different brand? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, that's but they. The, you know, a third of their portfolio is flavored cigars, yeah. and Drew Estate is one of the highest grossing cigar oh. companies on the planet. Yeah. So there's a definitely a big marketplace and, for flavored cigars. And I'll but, say this. Jonathan Drew, yeah. the founder, he is one of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons of the the modern cigar boom, because he put out cigars that anybody could try. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that 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 right there is what you're saying. Anybody, somebody off the street who doesn't smoke cigars and doesn't you know particularly enjoy them, it's like a. It's like the difference between drinking whiskey straight or mixing it. You know, some people want to mix it because they want it. They want it to taste good. You know, whereas some people want to drink it straight because they enjoy the notes, they enjoy the flavor, they enjoy this. I say enjoy I that. don't mix mine because I want it to taste good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And so it's kind of that distinction. And so I feel like the acid cigars, the exact, or sorry, the flavored cigars, are the exact same kind of thing. You right, know, and then want that and flavor then, that they can definitely taste. And, I mean, hats off to Jonathan Drew and everything he's done for the industry and for the business that he runs. Uh, dude is a master marketer and really went out on a limb to come out with the acid line. Yeah. I mean, nobody was doing that. Yeah. 
And he was like, you know what? I'm going to make a cigar brand that tastes like fruit. Yeah. Well, like my little brother's a perfect example. Yeah. He doesn't like cigars a whole lot, but he'll smoke an acid. So when I want to have a cigar. Same with my brother. Yeah. So you don't want to have a cigar alone. You know, you want to smoke something that's big and bold and you can taste these different notes and everything like that. But you're smoking with somebody who goes, oh, I don't really like cigars. But you want someone to smoke with because cigars are best enjoyed with friends. Then you can pull Dude, out an I've, acid. I've taken some. I always take cigars with me when I go see my baby brother. And I wasted a lot of good cigars on that guy because he's like, he, he's like yep. three or four puffs in. And he's like, you don't have any of those flavored ones? And I'm like, no. But, you know, he's not a regular cigar smoker. Yeah. He maybe smokes two cigars a year when I'm in town. Yeah. So, you know, that's but not But you had thing. a cigar with your brother. So is it right. really a waste? That's well, perfect example. Well, I say wasted because he didn't smoke at all. <laughs> but no, and I'll tell you the funny thing is, I've actually bought acid cigars at the convenience store, which I guess most people use as blunts. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's great." And I'm like, "Wow, okay. Hey, enjoy." Yeah. And but the bottom line is, and for all the cigar smoke or new cigar smokers, the best cigar you're going to have is based on who you're smoking it with and the time you had with that person. You know what I mean? Like the best cigars I remember smoking wasn't the cigar, it was the time I was spending with someone. I could agree with that. Like I I remember smoking cigars with my dad before he passed and I couldn't tell you what the cigar was, but man, that was like my dad didn't even smoke cigars, but he was like, "Yeah, I'll smoke with you." And so that was a great experience. And it was me, my baby brother, my dad, and Tim sitting out on my dad's front porch smoking cigars. That was a time that you just never forget. And I want to say that it was maybe like a chateau from Arturo Fuente because the neighbor smoked cigars, and that's all he smoked. And he brought me some, and he was telling me about how great they were. And I smoked it, and I was like, this is nothing close to my bamboo, <laughs> which was a shit cigar. Oops. Anyway, Zach had to go outside and pee, and I just dropped his phone on the floor. Anyway. Uh, Sounds like a Zach problem. Right. Well, he didn't even know. I'm going to say he knocked it off on his way out. Anyway, uh, you're sitting in the lounge smoking. Be conscious of the people around you. You know what I mean? Don't take a big puff and then blow it in somebody's face. Now, up in the air is always a great place to blow. Absolutely. And then going back to ashing, though, like you said, a half inch is usually spot on. You go past a half inch and there's a good chance the ash is going to break off. I don't know how many times Larry can tell you that I've been I've told Brian, I'm like, dude, are you going to ash? And he's like, nah. And then, like, within 30 seconds, it falls off and lands right in his chest. And I'm like, see, I told you. And so now the other thing is when I ash, like, I used to be like a hyper asher. And what I mean by that is I was just constantly ashing my cigar. And now I really don't even thump my cigar to ash it. I put it on the edge of the inner part of the ashtray and I just roll it yep. because now I'm not throwing ashes up into the air 
for other people to land on their clothes or whatever. And it just doesn't make a mess. And the other thing about thumping them, too, is if you thump them too hard and you actually smack your cigar on the edge of the ashtray and it cracks it. Oh, you're done. Done. Yeah. So your phone fell when you got up. Oh, I got it. Okay, good. Well, you were talking about banging your cigar on the ashtray. Huh? Did that. That was my go-to until uh, Sam at the Leaf was like, no, no, don't do that. Just a simple and, roll. Yeah. He showed me how not to do it. Yeah, just roll. Now, let's say that you're in a heavy conversation <laughs> and your cigar goes out. Yeah. How do you relight it? I don't know. With the lighter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a lighter. I usually rub two sticks together. <laughs> no, so that takes away from the conversation. <laughs> one of the things that I learned, and I don't remember who taught me this, but when the cigar goes out, you don't want to relight this. So what you do is you find the edge of the ashtray and you put that on there and you just lightly rotate it. And it basically grinds off the old shit, and now you're relighting, leaving that rancid shit off of your cigar. Huh. Larry started doing that, and he like was blown away for weeks. Like, dude, that's a totally big game changer. I'll usually purge it, too, before I relight it afterwards. Just blow in it lightly to blow out after you knock your ash. And- Especially if I know I'm going to relight a cigar. Like, I got to run in the house and take care of a couple of things, and I'm going to come back out, and it's going to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I know I'm going to have to relight it. I'll actually snip the end of the cigar off, and then I blow through it because I don't want that smoke that's in the cigar right now to stay there the whole time I'm gone. Yeah. And so it's almost like you're starting over. Yeah. Because if you don't do that at all, and you just come out and relight that, it's not going to be a good experience. And I've done that where I've come out and thought that I was smoking the cigar that I left, but I had picked up a cigar that I'd smoked yesterday, and it was not a good experience. It was like, oh, that's gross. <laughs> I mean, it's just personal preference for me, but I'll almost never relight a cigar once it's cooled down. If I put one down and it's cooled down, I will probably never relight it. I'm too cheap for that. Hmm. I like to get my money's worth. Now, very I will rarely say, do I let them get to that I point. Was say, <laughs> very rarely do I let a cigar go out. Usually, if I let a cigar go out, it's not because I'm running in the house. It's because I'm yakking. Yeah. But if a cigar is going out because I'm yakking, I'll relight it every time. Yeah. But I'm more conscious if I have to relight it once. Very, very, very rarely do I ever have to relight it twice. Yeah. Unless it's a construction issue or a humidification issue. And sometimes you'll be smoking a cigar that has too much humidity and it just causes it not to burn. Yeah. So what is the, what would you light your cigar with? What do you prefer? I mean, obviously a torch lighter is what we use most common, but you always hear, you know, lighting with a match helps preserve the flavor or whatever it might be. I think be. all that's bullshit. I think so? I do. Now, I will say this. For probably close to a year, maybe not quite a year, I lit all my cigars with a cedar stick. I thought that is the way that God meant for you to light a cigar. Now, I don't know if it's any better or any worse, but what I do know is 
it's a lot more effective to use a torch. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's a lot easier. And I'm not, you I've know, tried a few different methods, and to be honest, none of them have ever made a big enough difference in lighting my cigar that I preferred one method over the other. Yeah. At that point, it's convenience, and the torch does the job. It does it well. Now, I will say this though: this is this is the biggest part of lighting it with a cedar stick that I loved, and that was I love when I can light a cigar with a soft flame. Yes, that's the next thing I was going to bring up. So when you hard when you have a soft flame and you can hold it in front of the cigar yep. instead of like burning the cigar, and when you draw that that flame is naturally going to be sucked into it goes the cigar. in yeah. versus I'm forcing the heat on it. Yes, and I do love that. In fact, I've got an Alec Bradley burner lighter there. Have yeah. you ever used one of those? Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know no, if this one has any. Oh, flame. I have. Yeah, yeah. I've used one at the Leaf before. So, yeah, that's yeah. a soft flame, and that I love. Those at home, it looks like a camp stove type flame. It looks like a Brunson burner yeah. in the science Perfect. class. Yeah, and I didn't want to say that. I didn't know if everybody would know exactly what we're talking. <laughs> you about. We're not all that edge <laughs> <No. mechanics. laughs> I thought you didn't want to. Uh, We've already covered lab safety. <laughs> You're right. We're, we're wearing stuff. goggles. <laughs> so I love that. I love the flame. Yes. And for the first year, maybe year and a half I had it, I love that lighter period. Yeah. But now, the little clicker thing, you can see there's no click. Yep. So I have to light it with a torch in order to light it. Now it's a pain in the ass, so I very, I can't even believe there's fluid in it. Yeah. What's that? You know, it's like the, the old deal. The you haven't with taken a, that to Jay to fix yet? No, I haven't. I mean, last time I counted, I got 23 lighters in this shed. So when one doesn't work, I just reach for the next one. Now, to be fair, I mean, I mean, look, I, we've got four lighters, five lighters. Oh, so now right? you got me looking around hey. trying to count lighters. <laughs> There's four, five, six, seven just on this table. Have you seen this one? This is a Walmart three dollar lighter. I mean, it, it, I don't really care for it. I think it's more of a cigarette lighter because the flame is so small. But I like the soft flame. So it I, will light. It I, will light. I feel like it's easier to screw up a light with a torch lighter it is. than it is with a soft flame. I agree. So if you're a newbie and you have, like I lit it with a Zippo, the, the leaf at the old location had a Zippo that, that was out there for a while. I used the Zippo lighter and I preferred it. Because it was a soft flame, and you could always get, or sorry, you could more likely get a good light when you have no idea what the hell you're doing. You know, one of the hosts over at the Straight Cut, Mark, yeah. you know Mark? He was on some of the herfs way back when. Oh, seen him a few times. Yeah. You know what he lights his cigars with? A Bic lighter. And you know, he's like, yep. people say that it taints the flavor of the cigar. He said... I'm no expert, but I think that's bullshit. That's all I use because I'm prone to losing lighters. And, you know, some of these torch lighters are not cheap. No. no I mean, you, you on a good torch lighter, you're going to spend anywhere between 20 and the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, if you want it to, like, have diamonds on it or a fold-out dildo, you're going to pay more. At least that's been my experience. You are more versed in that kind of stuff. Yeah, than I, yeah, so. I'm, I'm very versed in lighters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, 
Yeah, so that's a good point. Yeah. A soft flame for a new cigar smoker, highly yeah. recommend Absolutely. you try it at least and see what you think. Yeah. And then, you know, if you get a cigar at a shop and you bring it home and you're going to smoke it on the back porch or a buddy's house and stuff, chances are you're only going to have access to a soft flame lighter. And it's way harder to screw up a light with a soft flame than it is with a torch. Because a torch admit, like – sorry, go ahead. The, the first um, probably year of me smoking cigars, 90% of them I lit was with that long, big yep. barbecue yep. lighter. Barbecue from, lighter. There's Absolutely. always one in the drawer. <laughs> right. Even always. when I didn't have a lighter, there was always one yeah. laying there. You know, always. it works. You know, and then you can, uh, you know, with a torch, like you were saying, where you, you add too much heat to it too quick, you burn half it, and it burns at a 45 degree or canoes on you. That's going to happen with a torch lighter if you don't know what you're doing. And, and that's the, and that's what I loved yeah. about the cedar stick. Yeah. Let me see that cedar plank there. And and these are not really cedar sticks. This is just a very thin shaving. And it's what got tape on it? So right. You can't yeah. if you buy a cigar that has cedar wrapped around it, and you're going to use it, which I don't recommend because it's so thin. You actually need a like a stick. And a great way to get those is ask at the cigar shop for some because usually, like the leaf. They used to always have them in a jar, yeah. but what they do is they take some of their boxes from cigar boxes that they're going to throw away, and they break out the cedar yeah. and just have like little planks. But these wrappers that go around cigars, they're super thin, so if you're going to use one, you probably want to fold it up like four times to where it's like that, and I folded it up. It's about the size of a cigarette now, but when you light that up, I mean, you can, well, this this is like not even lighting, but you see how big and wide the flame is? Yeah. So you have a flame that is the same width or bigger than the tip of your cigar. So yeah. you're actually lighting the whole cigar. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about doing that. And for those of y'all who were listening, that was the wrapper around my uh, Opius X Fuente. Yeah. And it's smoking it fantastically. So that's where that came from. You know where that was actually a gift cigar. Really? From Carlito Fuente. Well, Carlito Fuente knows his cigars. So. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. Uh, I, do you know who Carlos? Fu- <laughs> That's his picture. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, lighting cigars is definitely experience. And I think for me, I probably do the torch because I'm lazy. It's easy, it's fast, and I mean, I'm not always smoking at the lounge. Yeah. I smoke everywhere. Yeah. Even if you tell me I can't smoke in it, I'm smoking in it. Ask the people. <laughs> if there's at- not a sign, it is smoking for Rob. Dude, I until walked- Until somebody tells him no. I walked into the Oasis Liquor Store not long ago, uh-huh. smoking a cigar, walked in and started looking at the bourbon. I asked a couple of questions, the lady's answering, and then she comes over there and she's like, Sir, you can't you can't smoke in here. And I was like, "There's no signs," and they made me take it out. <laughs> but I love the not sign thing. Oh yeah, like I I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Whenever me and my cousin it's bought our city ordinance. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever me and my cousin bought our uh, inline skates back in the uh, early nineties, mm-hmm. we strapped them on and skated right out of the store into the mall, and we skated in the mall for a good. 30 minutes before security caught us and when they said you can't do that in here and i said there's no signs i use that one a lot 
I carried a, a lit cigar and a glass of bourbon into a bar called Fat Bosses, sat down. Smoking. In Rob's, all right, for the listeners, in Rob's defense, Fat Bosses, their, their logo has a guy smoking, smoking a, a cigar, cigar in it. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good place so to Rob, be. Rob, Rob's a big picture guy, so I if am. he sees the guy I doing am. it, I'm, very maybe visual. I can, I, I'm a boss. I, I boss people around. So... <laughs> and I'm fat. So, yeah, I walk in, I sit down, and of course, you know, I have my cigar under the table. Oh, yeah. Got my drink, and every once in a while, I pull it out, take a puff, put it back down. And a guy walks by and says, Hey, can't smoke in here. And I was like, There's no signs. And he's like, You can't smoke anywhere in Abilene. And I was like, I didn't know. So he's like, You're going to have to leave. And I was like, okay. So I pick up my drink. I got my cigar. I start walking out. And he's like, hey, you can't take that drink with you. And I was like, I brought it in. And he's like, you're not supposed to bring your own drinks in. And I was like, you got a doorman. I walked in with a cigar and a drink, and he didn't say shit. <laughs> Guy looked like a boss. He should be here. <laughs> dude, dude, hey, the dude was yakking with a couple of young pretty girls. Yeah. Didn't pay no mind to me. Hey, look, being ugly and walking like you know where you're going, hey, you can get into a lot of places. And a lot like of trouble. It's like you're invisible. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, anyway, we were talking about, you know, I guess you kind of throw in cigar etiquette with a new cigar smoker. Yeah. And I hope you guys that smoke all the time, or at least regularly, you know, you pay attention to the way that you act in a cigar lounge. You're at home in your backyard. Do whatever the hell you want to yeah. do. But when you're in a lounge with other people, you need to be mindful. Like, you weren't in here, but we were like, don't blow your smoke in someone's oh, face. Oh, gosh, yes. Absolutely. And or, I, or no. Like, all right, so perfect example is earlier today, I was at the Leaf, and I was sitting next to Larry's shoulder, and I had my cigar in my left hand, and I looked and over. it's drifting and, right it's at drifting him. drifting right into Larry's face, and he's trying to mess with his phone and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and move that because I'm nothing if not coachable, and I know Larry's going to tell me something that I'm doing wrong. And so I, I just know right there I don't want it in Larry's face. Right. And But it's easy, especially in a packed cigar lounge, to not realize where your smoke's going. Absolutely. And so it's stuff to pay attention to what you're doing. The one smoke a lot of people don't pay attention to, especially nougat people, and I've done it too in the past, in the beginning, when you put your cigar out when you're done with it, don't take it and like put it out like a cigarette and you smash it. Don't snuff it. Yeah, it... it did you know that? This yeah. awful, no, uh, it, it, I'm a snuffer. Oh it, no, it, no! It, hey, everyone listening, I'm being te I'm being taught right now. This it, is happening. It, it puts off foul, really burnt, nasty smoke and lots of it. And so when you put your cigarette, hey, look, out, you just do that. Out, look, that's it. Boom! Roll it, set it down, let it go out on its own. Like I'll, it will. I'll literally leave it like this. Or if the uh, I don't like putting it in the ashtray if it's like pretty full. Because I don't want my cigar catching something else on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's empty, I'll just lay it in there. Yeah. If it's not empty, I'll just set it right there, and then I walk I away. I usually put mine off in a corner like that so it's away from the yeah. holders. Yeah. And, and then, then I guess worst case scenario out. just becomes a cigar incense, which you're in a well, cigar Well, if you're not puffing like on it, it'll yeah. go out relatively quick. Yeah. But if you smash it, then it opens up and the tobacco. It burns a and long it burns time. a long time. It burns all that surface area, and it's just this nasty smoke that permeates everybody in the... Don't snuff. Okay. Do not snuff. Yeah. 
That's a big etiquette thing. Okay. And I I was the same. I snuffed at one time because I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I smoked cigarettes for 24 years. And, you know. You, so you put them out. Right. <laughs> and so you don't do that. Uh, what are some of the other don'ts when you're at a cigar lounge? Mooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know. There's here, a lot of dry beggars in lounges. Yeah. And. Well, the, so. All right. Just asking for a cigar or mooching off of anybody for a bunch of shit and you not contributing. That's hmm. my idea of a mooch. Yeah. Like when we show up with cigars and booze. My my biggest deal is I, I at least at least once every three or four times I go in, I'll put my bottle of bourbon on the counter. Yeah. Just 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 cause. My my thing is, and you've been around long enough yeah. to see, when I show up with booze, yeah. anybody wants a drink. Come help yourself. Well, and then half the time, you you like you will come and at like last night. I was in a completely separate part where everyone else was. Sorry, not last night, Thursday night, uh, where everyone else was. I was doing work, and then Ed came over and says, "Hey, would you like a glass of bourbon?" Absolutely. And so sometimes, you know, it's it's come up and offered to you, but you need to like perfect example. At least at some other point, bring yours out. Have you ever met Scott Fritz? Yes. <laughs> so Scott Fritz. Never, ever, ever offers his booze to anyone. But if you say, does anybody want to drink? He's the first one there. Yeah. That's a mooch. Yeah. Like, and I'll give you an extreme example. So, do you know Presley? You know Presley. Guy always wears a green vest. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So, he came in for his birthday. I don't remember how old he is. Probably 40. Yeah. He comes in, and he literally... Gives everyone in the back a twenty dollar gift card or thirty dollar gift card. What was it? It was I think it was thirty. Thirty dollar gift card just to everyone. And he gives Fritz a thirty dollar gift card. Fritz goes and gets a nineteen twenty six Padron, goes back there, goes to his locker, pulls out, you know, a 12, 15-year-old ball of scotch that's supposed to be really rare or something for him. And he takes it over to Presley and goes, hey, man, did you see this bottle I have? And Presley's like, oh, no, that's nice, man. I'd love to try that. And he's like, oh, no, I I, I, I got to put this up. And he puts it up and then lights up the cigar that Presley just bought for him and drinks his own liquor. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah. I mean, that is not a way to make friends in a cigar's lounge. Yeah, that's what we call you just got fritzed. So, no, but don't be a mooch. And, I mean, I'm not saying you got to go in and share what you have with everyone. Yeah. It, I mean, but if you're not sharing, don't be mooching. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. And me and Larry, I think me and Larry, the prime, and, and Ed, when we oh, show absolutely. up with booze, we're happy for everybody to have a drink. Yeah. Except Fritz. Well, I, hey, I have a strict two turn down policy. I'll turn it down twice, and the third time I have to have it. <laughs> I, I and I, I and you, you, you and Larry both have brought me to that where I'm like, all right, cool. They, they really want to share it. I'm actually, I'm, and it's always been good. I've never had bad booze from either one of y'all. Well, we like to drink the good stuff, and it's fair. So, and, and it's like we like to smoke the good stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, uh. What else would you say, Z? Anything else that's popping out that's as far as a new cigar smoker or just a Don't young? ash the table. Other etiquette as well. Like, get your ash in the ashtray. Also, clean up after yourself. Yes. Oh, that's big for me. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I that's big for me. I don't like. Did, did I leave somewhere messy? There? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, and 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 I have left a mess before, yeah. but I try to take my glasses from my bourbon. Yep my cellophane wrapper, whatever it is, and clean up my little area. Because even though the lounge is going to come around and clean for you, don't give them extra work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like bust your own table. I mean, come on. They may be busy up there. You get up and leave, and the next guy comes in, and he's going to sit down and be like, oh, this place is trashed. Well, that's not the lounge's fault that you left a big mess. Yeah. You know, my biggest tip for any new cigar smoker is – yeah, listen to people, take some advice, you know, trial and error is the best way to get there. But in the end, that's your cigar, that's your hour of enjoyment, that's your time to just chill. Do you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, what we all love about cigars when we're smoking with other people is that it really brings people together. Mm-hmm. And so don't be the asshole that is not letting that happen you know what i mean yeah so hey guys i mean i think we covered just about everything you're a new guy you got any questions so i well i was gonna make a comment i discovered this recently so i have had an issue lately where i'm smoking and it'll burn weird it'll burn at an angle or but you you light it good you get a good light and it just it, it just burns odd on you and so yeah. what do you do with a cigar that starts burning odd? I have found... Well, you last... got to be a little more specific than just say odd. Okay, so... There's a lot of odd. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of leeway fair. there. That's a great point. So you have a good cut, you have a good light, and it just burns sideways on you. And so you get that... You get that uh, Canoeing. Canoeing, yeah. So it burns at about a 45-degree angle. And so I've always tried to roll it so that... The heat's obviously going to go up. It's going to You know rise. what? I do the same thing. Yes. I don't know if that makes a difference. I, I don't But I don't I'm know. just like, physics, Yeah. heat rises. That's exactly it. Now, now I will say this, too. Now, and, and I hate it when this happens. Yeah. When it's canoeing, but it's canoeing on the bottom. Yes. So I don't catch it because I don't see it. Yeah. And then whenever I come up to take a puff, or I ash, yeah. and when the ash goes off, Half of your cigar comes off, but the side of it is sticking up, yep. and it's like, oh. So and then so, I take my torch, and I burn yes. that off, yep. and then a lot of times I'll take a straight cut, and yep. I'll clip that piece off, yep. and then relight just that yep. section. I've done that before, and then like that Pappy Van Winkle we smoked a couple shows ago, where yours was excellent. Awesome. cigar. It was a good cigar. I just had a weird burn on it. It canoed on me. I had to, I had to baby it here and there. Light one side, try and even up the ash and stuff. What I have found is if I just stop puffing on it, I get into a good conversation. A lot of times you don't correct itself. That's exactly it. And so there you you let the construction of the cigar do itself because heat's going to do what it wants to. And it's going to take weird paths and sometimes it's going to burn odd. But if you just step away from it and let the construction do its work and let that that heat kind of burn unassisted for a minute, it'll correct itself. And so that's I, I've started doing that, and I've had pretty good success with it. Nice. Because, you know, you definitely don't want an ugly-looking cigar and, while and, you're smoking it. And that's a lot of just gaining experience. You know what I mean? You you didn't know what to do the first time. Yes. You tried something, it didn't work. Yep. You tried something else. And so, I mean, that's gaining experience in the trial and error method, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the way I've learned everything in my life. 
A lot of errors. A lot of errors. Yeah, and where I know that I've got a good, I've got a good cigar smoking, and I've got it where I want it is when you draw on it. If you can see the ember flare up on the top of your cigar from where you're drawn, that's how you know. Okay, cool. I've, whatever I've, I've trying to been fixed, trying to fix has been fixed, and I'm getting a good draw, and everything's getting burned evenly. Right. And you know, I see people like they'll have an uneven burn, and they're like using a yeah, single torch to yeah, I'm, touch I'm it up. I'm guilty of touching up my cigars yeah. before yeah. they get to that point. Yeah. Right. You try I'm to very proactive at that. Yeah. Nip it in the bud. Yeah. yeah. Nip it. So yeah, I think that is something that you learn over time. I don't think anyone ever showed me how to do that, but I've seen other people doing it. Yes, and I've been like, oh, they're they're touching it up so they don't get so canoed. Yeah, and a lot of times, if you just barely touch it up, yeah. it's good to go. Yeah, because it's already hot, and you don't yeah. want to just All burn really the shit out of it. Heat it. Start out at the end of the cigar and work your way towards the canoe. You're just burning that outer wrapper down enough to meet the rest of the end of the canoe. Right. And it'll usually correct itself after a couple of puffs, as long as you get to that point. But And you don't want to just burn the shit out of one side. No, you know because what I mean? if you burn past the canoe, now you're going to have a canoe in the other way. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, if you have any questions that maybe we didn't cover, shoot me a email. We're happy to answer questions. It's rob at cigartalkpodcast.com. And then uh, let's talk about our sponsors, and then we'll come back and name our top 15 cigars we've smoked over the last week. So I'll have five. Zach will have two. Yeah. <laughs> you hit it right on the head. And Zeka will have seven. Anyway, uh, so... Tabanero cigars, if you haven't had those, uh, the Sun Grown is one of my major go-to cigars. Uh, construction is 99% on target. I've had very, very few issues, and I've actually smoked somewhere in the neighborhood of about 17 boxes of Tabaneros in the last year. Uh, then also, McAuliffe, I mean, the Medallia, you smoke medallions. Well, yeah. yeah. I just picked up five more because they got the pretty purple label on them still. So Yeah, and you know those have got age. And so if you have you smoked a medallion? I've not. I think I may have one. I'll have to Poor deprived child. Dude, that's a great stick. Anytime I give that cigar to someone, yeah. they are like blown away the first time they smoke it. Yeah. You know Carlos? Yeah. He was on the show, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and I gave him one, and he was just like, that is a really good. I mean, he just kept going on and on. Mm-hmm. And it is a very good cigar. Thank you. And uh, look down the show notes. I've got links for Tabanero and for McAuliffe. Uh, if you're not an ambassador, you can click on the link and go sign up. They'll send you a challenge coin and a uh, written card welcoming you to the... Are you an ambassador? Uh, I've got a coin. Okay. Well, then no. you're an ambassador. <laughs> One would think. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless he stole it. Nope. Okay. Uh, and then let's talk about the leaf, our home away from home. And, you know, I spend as much time as I possibly can there. It's it's where I want to be. Like, you've seen, I've, have you seen the Jeep I've been driving? Yeah. So I fixed it finally. And anyway, I've been driving it for about two weeks. And it's only been from my house to the Leaf and back. Because that's really the only place I go unless yeah. I'm work and then I'm in my work car. Yeah. It's cheers. It is yeah, cheers. It's cheers, man. 
but better. Yeah. Well, I, what I like is when you when you walk in, everybody knows your name. And just like with Ed, yeah. oh, hundred percent. Yeah. He's like Norm, but a skinny old man. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, you just get to know people on a level at a cigar lounge that you would never get to know someone at a another type venue. And age does not matter. AIDS? AIDS. Oh, age. I was like, don't be licking the cigar before you cut it if you have AIDS. AIDS. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, age doesn't matter. Uh, Your income level doesn't matter. Your skin tone doesn't matter. I mean, it's the great equalizer, I heard people say. Your ability to play well with others does matter. That does matter. matter. That does matter. Yeah. Some people don't play well with others, and those people are usually the outcasts at the lounge. Fritz. <laughs> Fritz. Stephanie. Any, Stephanie. So, anyway, uh, the Leaf is a great place, and there's your phone number down in the show notes. If you want to call them up, they carry both McAuliffe and Tabanero cigars. And so you can call them up, let them know that Cigar Talk sent you, and they'll usually do something for you, like free shipping or 10% off. So just tell them Rob said give you a call, and they'll take care of you. And then our last sponsor is Case Elegance. And if you are in the market for a humidor, you've bought one. Yep, they're excellent. And, I mean, you know, I had somebody comment on Twitter a few days ago about he didn't realize how – the run-of-the-mill humidor doesn't even have cedar in it. Oh, yeah. That blew me away. I was, like, shocked. And in case you don't know, I don't know. It's been a while now. What, two or three months? Maybe four months ago, I took a, a radial saw or a hand saw, skill saw. Yeah. And I literally cut a $130 humidor in half. And then I cut a very similar uh, Case Elegance humidor that was also $130 in half. And the Case Elegance had freaking cedar wood like it should. Yep. And the other one had paper that looked like cedar. You really couldn't tell yeah. that it was not cedar. Yeah. And then underneath the paper, it was just MFD. Yep. No cedar yep. at all. And so I've heard a lot of people say, man, I cannot get my humidor to stay Level. I was one of them. Yeah. Yeah, you had the I same could, problem. I, I couldn't even get it seasoned, not even to stay level. I just couldn't get it seasoned. Right. And, and it's like, how many packs do I need to be putting in here? Yeah. And I and I went through the same problem because I remember when I first started, my first humidor, okay, my second humidor <laughs> was like a hundred count box and it looked like a treasure chest. Yeah. It was like, you know, straight up on the sides, but the top was like a dome and it was glass. Look beautiful. It was like $180. And I could not keep that thing seasoned. And I just thought it was because of the glass. I was like, that glass is letting air in or something. And it possibly Most well may. Glass top humidors do leak like a sieve. Right. Not my case elegance humidor. Yep. But that's a that's a great most point. Do. Mine's glass top and I I've I think I have to put in like legitimately like six to eleven drops of the humidor fluid, maybe twice a month, if, if that. If That's that. more often than I do. Yeah. Because I mean, but I don't do six or eight drops. I just put it down in the tray, fill it up, yeah. and just let it go yeah. until I see the numbers going down. Yeah. Now I will say my Octador, which is where I 
really don't smoke out of it. I just put cigars in there that I'm not going to smoke for a while. And my battery went dead in my hygrometer. So I got to replace the battery because I don't know what the humidity is in there. But the experience I've had over the last year and a half with it, I'm pretty comfortable knowing that it has the liquid in there. So it's maintaining. Yeah. But I do need to change out the battery, which is like 50 cents. Yeah. Now, if you had their subscription where they send you new batteries every year, <laughs> flood. Well, and, <laughs> just say it. And you know that's a great point. Is Case Elegance offers and and their their subscriptions a great deal. Oh yeah, thirty nine bucks. Thirty nine bucks a year. a year, and you don't have to keep going out and buying stuff to replenish what you have. So no, my year was actually up in about a month and a half ago, and. I got an email saying that I was getting something, and then a box showed up at my So mailbox. you didn't have to worry about it. it no, just... it had four more bottles. It had two of the dry climate and two of the regular climate. Each box had the little, you know. Um, crystals? Yeah, little crystals in it, yep. and it had uh, two batteries in it. Oh, nice. For the hydrometer. So so they sent you two batteries. Two I didn't batteries realize that. and four bottles of good stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I need to do that uh, because I don't. I mean, I'm the world's worst at being like, oh, I got to go buy one of those little weird batteries. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's 2032. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> 2032, he says. That's the battery. So anyway, uh, look down the show notes. And if you use, and show I'll put show in, show notes. I'll, I'll, I'll put uh, the code on there. But if you use Cigar Talk or Cigar Talk Coin, They'll give you 10% off and send you a challenge coin that has Cigar Talk's logo on one side and their logo on the other. Cool coins. They are. So, anyway, uh, let's jump right in and talk about our top five each cigars. You want to go first? Sure. So, I smoked, actually, this morning, the Drew Estate Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. I don't think I've ever had that. Have you had that? was tasty. I, yeah. You know what? I am a fan yeah. of the Brazilian leaves. Yeah. They're more on the sweet side. Yeah. They're more on the chocolatey side. Yeah. Just in general. Well, that was the one that, you know, it was great flavor. Enjoyed it. But that was the one where I was waiting in line and I dropped it and it, you know, cracked the crown. And I still cut it, still smoked it. I thought it was going to be a terrible smoke because I jacked up the draw. And nope, smoked great. Construction was good. Didn't have to nurse it. Lit it. I think it. I think I let it uh, go out once. And and, was, and tell everybody what the name is one more time. The Drew Estate Herrera Esteli uh, Brazilian Maduro. Okay. Yeah. Now, in my experience, I really like the Brazilian leaf, and another leaf that's very similar to that is yeah. the Costa Rican leaves. Really? Very much that same sweet yeah. taste to the dark wrapper. Yeah. And you're not going to, or at least for my experience, it's not been spicy. It's yeah. been very just mellow, good, rich, yeah. like soil, Yeah. like a, a volcanic, you know, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And then I had just the, yeah, Drew Estate Undercrown, and that was really, really good. I see, and, 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 you know, sometimes I am a little prejudiced. Uh, I don't smoke a lot of Drew Estates. Do you? I do not. And I'm not saying they don't make great cigars. Like, I had a couple of friends text me last night. We were in a, a chat, and... 
they were talking about League of Nines. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not a big fan. And you they know, were like, I love those cigars. And Drew I was like. State has a lot of good cigars in their portfolio. But we were talking earlier about how Drew Estate is a good entry-level yep. brand for cigar smokers. Yep. And he's done a great job at making a cigar for everyone. But in the same breath, a lot of Drew Estate cigars are very mundane for me. They're not bad. They're just not. That's how the League of Nine is for me. Like, yeah, it, is a, it is yeah. a good cigar. I'm not going to say I won't smoke them, but they just don't have that wow factor yeah. that I get from a lot of other cigars. And I haven't experienced a lot of transitions either in the experience with Drew Estate. Yeah. Have you? No. One... Which one? The Undercrown 10 yep. in the Lonsdale. Yep, the I had factory that. floor. I've never had that. That's actually a decent complex. Okay. It's a nice ride. Uh, and the and, Lonsdale And I love Lonsdales, great. dude. And yeah. Lonsdales are usually six and a half by 40. Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. And I, I love this smaller one's a six and a half by 44. It's okay. perfect. Yeah, that's a great stick. All right, what else you got? Well, I just, uh, those are my two. I don't smoke as much as y'all. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He took it literal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be doing eight. Well, for me this week, I mean, I, you know, it's not hard for me to come up with five. I mean, I've had that many today. So uh, what was the cigar you gave me earlier? That one is amazing. Uh, that's actually probably one of the better ones I've smoked this week, too. But that's the Stolen Throne Call to Arms. Yeah, I... Never even seen that cigar. Amazing Sumatra. That's how you know it's probably going to be a pretty good cigar when it sounds super badass. Like well, That's an origin story of like a hero right there. You know how I know it's going to be badass? <laughs> is that Zake is pulling it out of his humidor yeah, carry case. I'm like, I yeah. can't wait to see what he's got next. Now, I will say this. It tunnel burned on me, and so I smoked. What's that? That's a special treat. Oh, dude. It's CQ2. I think that's 2016, 17. Nice. Thank you. Muchas gracias. So I'm smoking that cigar called the Arms, and it smokes great for the first probably inch and a half. Mm -hmm. And then I can see it's tunnel burning early on. And one of the things that I do is I'll just pinch it down really tight right in the middle. Because now it can't tunnel burn because there's zero oxygen yep. that can go through the middle. Yep. And, dude, I smoked by pinching it. I smoked up the next two inches, and then it just fixed itself, and I enjoyed the rest of the cigar. Let the construction do its work. And it was a great cigar. Yep. Like, I had not smoked that before. I like it better than the one with the crow on the crown. The What's the that crown. one called? Crook of the crown. Uh, I think that's a good cigar, but I don't think it's a great cigar. That was a great cigar. Now, a big part of that for me is that the Vitola, that 6x46, I dig that. I really dig that. Now, how are you on Vitola sizes? Like, no, I mean, I, you're not I, even to that point. Not even to that point. Gotcha. All right. For newbies, explain the Vitola. So, a Vitola is a fancy word for size. Okay. And, and when so you see a 50 by 52, okay. a 50 by, or a 5 by, I said 50 by 52, 5 by 52. So, this, I feel like right now, like, this is like naming, like, like caliber sizes. Like, okay, yeah, I know 9 it's millimeter, very five, much, five, six, so and 7.62, so but I don't really know what that is. In the end, a 60 ring gauge is equivalent to one inch in diameter. Okay. Right. So, a 48 ring gauge. 
would just be just inch. over a half an inch, yeah. three quarters of an inch yeah. almost. Yeah. So the the double digit number in most cases, I don't know very many double yeah. digit lengths, but the single digit number is how long it is. Okay. So when you say a five by fifty two, you're talking it's five this inches. Is six long. by forty eight. That's six, six inches long, forty eight ring gauge. Bam. And so how's that gonna affect the smoke? Well, for me personally, I think the smaller the ring gauge, and there is always an exception because I don't really smoke anything under 40. I know you do. But for me, my sweet spot is 46 to 50. I love, because it's not too fat. And just me personally, I feel like you get the best flavors, the best transitions, all of that in that smaller ring gauge because when you look at the ratio of wrapper versus filler, you're not getting too much of either one. Yeah. Now, when you go to a 60 ring gauge, think about how much bigger round that cigar is. Okay. I've been told by a cigar guy that makes cigars. He's like, think about this. The wrapper is usually the most expensive leaf in the cigar. That would make sense. And it's not... Now, we talked about this not long ago. I've heard people say that, well, the wrapper is 70% of the flavor. That's bullshit. Yeah, I've felt that way for the longest time, but I've been proven wrong. So, I don't know if you saw what we did not long ago, but we actually cut about this much all the way around and just slid the wrapper right off and i'd done that before and i was like yeah it's different but i don't really know so what i did is i did it again on a medallia Uh because i smoke that cigar so often i know that cigar like the back of my hand and you don't even have to cut off a full inch but you light it up and it's like you recognize flavors of that cigar but it's not there's it's just something's not right about it. And then as soon as you start smoking it up far enough that it goes back into the wrapper. So after doing that, I'm like, I don't think you can put a percentage on what the wrapper does for the cigar as far as flavor. I think it's more of what the wrapper does to enhance the flavors it's of like that the cigar. Sugar and sweet tea. Boom. Boom. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's perfect. You know, sweet yeah. tea, you drink it, but you know a regular tea, but you know that's just throw all that sugar in there and it just makes it that much better yeah yeah i don't drink a lot of sweet tea <laughs> I, but I don't either. I, <laughs> exactly all those southern listeners will respect that yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I and i agree with that analogy 100 percent. so but when you get a 60 ring gauge you're filling that whole cigar up yeah. with just a little bit of wrapper yeah so you're getting what i was told was the cheapest leaf in the cigar is the filler yeah so you're actually use you're getting more cheap tobacco and if you notice a lot of times when you go to the cigar shops those 60 ring gauges they're not more expensive yeah why not if they're using more tobacco because they're using more cheaper tobacco so it doesn't jack up the price because it's fatter a Lancero, most of those are way more expensive. And that's because to get a seven and a half inch wrapper leaf, 
you know, for to roll the Lancero, it's almost the whole leaf is just goes to that one cigar as opposed to like a Robusto or something. You know, they can cut that leaf in half and yeah. get two cigars out of it. But you're you're using the the highest dollar leaf as the wrapper, and if that's the whole cigar, it makes the cigar more expensive. And you know, whenever I was a new cigar smoker, I was completely backwards. I would walk in and see a sixty ring gauge. And I was like, well, I'm going to get the 6x60 because look how much tobacco or look how much cigar I'm getting. And it's cheaper or the same price. That's a better deal. You get more cigar for your buck. And now I don't smoke 6x60s. If I, it's very, very rare that I smoke a 6x60. And 90% of the time, if I'm smoking a big ring gauge, it's almost always box press. Like the, the Viva La Vida. Uh, Club 500, like I'll smoke that. It's a six by sixty. The uh, CAO Flathead, I'll smoke that on occasion. Yeah, but it's a box press, so it doesn't seem so big because they compact it. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know how we got off on that, but anyway, oh, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) No, good question though. Uh, Two. What's that? Number two. Oh, number two. Well, I got a long ways to go. So I also had the uh, the uh, Green Band Southern Draw uh, done by AJ Fernandez, and I'm, I probably can't remember the name of the cigar. Do you know which one the Southern Draw is? I do not. All right. Well, that I was. Actually, a... Thank you for that, Lancero. Oh. I don't smoke as much Southern Draw as I should, but that Cudzo Lancero was pretty good. Awesome. Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, you know, Southern Draw is not always one of the cigars that I go to. But then when I do go to it, I'm like, why don't I go to these more often? And then I don't go to them again for a really long time. <laughs> right. And then uh, also this week I had the, uh, I'm, I'm going to try not to mess this up, the uh, Dias de Gloria from A.J. Fernandez. You know, the bright red box. Great cigar. Uh, it's full-bodied. And so almost with every AJ made cigar that he makes for his own line, you're going to get that pepper, that leather flavor, which I do like from time to time. And then uh, next on my list is going to be the Tabanero Connecticut. I had one uh, two, three days ago with coffee. And, dude, that is a Connecticut that I really love. It's not too light. It's not too strong. For like your first cigar of the day at seven in the morning. Yeah. Now, do you smoke in the morning? Uh, I have. Yes. I mean, okay. not not very often. Right. Usually, it's a weekend deal. You know, the wife's out of town, or she's still asleep, or whatever. I'll sit down with a cup of coffee, and not lately because it's so friggin' hot. Once it cools off, I think I'll it's be doing getting a there. lot more. It's We're getting, getting there. close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love sitting out on the patio and smoking when the weather's really oh, nice. Gosh, yes. And in Texas, that's October. And April. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, you're screwed. Well, if you're fat, you get like October, <laughs> November, and then it starts being semi-nice like midway through February. Dude, I was talking to, uh, uh, I call him Patty Sue, but you know, uh, on the Discord, Patrick. Okay. And he was like, dude, man, it's already starting to get cold. I'm not going to be able to be smoking much longer. And I was like, are you serious? That dude literally quit smoking from, like, 
Halloween till like Valentine's Day oh, or, or further than April that. Fools. Yeah. Put on a jacket, my dude. Well, he, he lives, lives in Minnesota. Yeah, he lives oh. in Minnesota. I told him he should get one of those ice fishing tents. Put a heater in there. Not a lot of people to do. Uh, yeah, well, Nick uh, from uh, Cigar Pulpit, he's, he bought one. He said it's great. I mean, it's not that expensive. Yeah, 150 what? bucks, 200 bucks by the time you get a little exhaust fan and a heater. Yeah, I mean, if you want to smoke outside and you can't smoke inside and you live in the North Pole, it's worth the investment. <laughs> yeah, or, or American Siberia, it's Minnesota. And, you know, I, I'm... North Dakota. I, dude, I, I had... My patio for the mother-in-law apartment, like the the support poles that come down for the patio, I had taken a, like, 40-foot tarp, strapped it to those poles all the way down, and I had one of those big, giant heaters, the propane, Yeah, and I still froze my balls off. Well, the biggest thing you got to tackle here is the wind. That's That's a big issue, because I have smoked a really good cigar, and I knew it was a good cigar outside. And it was just not even a really windy day, just slightly windy, and it, it just... Are it you aware that Abilene is in the top five windiest cities in America? Really? Yes. Huh. I did not think they would, be, or we would be there. Where's Lubbock there? Because I feel like the wind it's, in Lubbock It's number is, two, yeah. behind Chicago. Behind so Chicago a lot, because where I live at, I get the Santa Ana winds come off the mountains into my property yeah, but you're not every in day a, about one o'clock. You're not in a city. You're out in the country. No, in the city. It doesn't look like you're in the city. Literally, my house is eight miles from my warehouse. It's four miles from like the closest big shopping complexes and everything. Well, when you and see where he's smoking, it looks like road. you're in the Mojave Desert looking at the mountains. Yeah, I just am lucky enough to get that far up out of the hustle and bustle, but nice. I'm still very much into the heart of Victorville, Apple Valley, Hesperia, and there's probably 200,000, 250,000 wow. between the three cities. Very cool. Oh. Uh, next on my list at number four, three, four, 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 uh, was the Intemperance Maduro. And I had it in the box press, which is like a four and a half by probably 52. I don't know exactly. You know, Roma Craft names their cigar yeah, Vitola's crazy shit. I'm not real hip I, on the Intemperance names but yeah yeah so the, probably a brotherly kindness or something I, I have no idea i'm just like i like that size but it was a really nice smoke it burned very well and so it had been a while since i'd smoked one good smoke and then i'm gonna wrap it up with i'm gonna say the casa cuba the one i smoked today i've smoked at least five of those this week I think it's a great stick, and the fact that I found out that it's only available at the brick and mortars made me want them even more. Awesome. So if you haven't tried that one, and I told you, what was the other uh, uh, Fuente that I told you I just ordered? It's the one with the A and the F on the band. Uh, I'll have to look it up while you're telling us you're five. So go for it, bro. So. Actually, I've smoked a lot of great cigars this week. but He um, only smokes great cigars. You know, with listening to the show and stuff, and then, you know, you guys talking about the um, pre-release and all that Viva La Vida talk and stuff. Oh, yeah. I've been sitting in my humidor for about a year now. I pulled out one of the Diademus Venus Viva La Vidas. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great cigar. Um, another one that I've smoked quite a few this week is the Patina Sumatra Copper. 
I've only had it's the patina a, once, and it wasn't that one. It's one that you gave me, and that was a very nice smoke. It's probably, I don't know, the Call to Arms, which is another one, would be number three on my list. But it's a battle between those two on my favorite Sumatra. They're both great cigars. Okay. Both of them are in the same 6x46 Vitola, and just great. Arturo Fuente Especiales. Especiales. Yeah. That's another one that's like not considered to be like the upper tier, but they're just solid smokes. I'll give you one when I get them. I, I will toss mine in there since I only gave two. Uh, Divine oh. Inspiration, I did smoke that the other day. How was it for you? Spectacular. Okay, good. I was good. outside, it was windy, and it still smoked great. Great flavor, easy cigar. I mean, I didn't have to, I, I lit it and it was it. Now, have you had the Divine Inspiration? I have. You know, you can't get them anywhere. No, it's... I mean, you can, but you're going to pay for it. Well, yeah. I, I actually... Every single place I looked for it was sold out, except for one, and they were asking 650 bucks for that one box. And I was like, yeah, I'm not paying that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right, go ahead, man. Sorry. So, number four would be the Tatuaje Fausto. Oh, I do love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, just that's another one it's getting harder and harder to find but man it's a great cigar it is a great cigar uh in fact i mean my experience with tatawahe is not near what yours is mine's very limited but that is probably the top one that i like from them well that one's probably going to be a shitty cigar that's going to blow up and crack <laughs> on you and everything because every time he gives me a cigar it has issues oh, yeah. no. if you ever want to give rob a shitty cigar just take whatever you want and give it to me and i'll hand it to him and and the funny thing is he has sent me and Bryant cigars we light up the exact same just like when me yeah, and you spoke yeah. and yours went bad yeah <clears throat> mine goes bad his is perfect all right, what else you got? The last one was Monday night before I left. I sat down on my porch with my beautiful view. The original release, CAO Amazon Basin. Oh, original uh, release. Original release. So that's like a four or five-year-old cigar. No, it's 2014. Whoo. So seven, eight years old now. I remember yeah. when those first came out. I mean, I remember they were like the box was full and just that. It didn't have a band, but it had a like a rope of tobacco yeah. around it. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. So I smoked it, and like I think I smoked one a day for a long time. And then, unfortunately, I told Bryant about them, and then he went and bought them all. <laughs> I have <laughs> actually smoked cigar. one of those. They're great. Yeah. Um, they really I've good. actually yet to smoke the re-release of them because I've been smoking on the original release box. Wow. So. Very nice. <sighs> Amazing cigar. I, you know, you, you know. Whenever I bought the box of the Craft Twenty Two, I originally said I would save them for a year, and then like the next day, I said at least six months. So I'm pretty sure it's only going to be six months because I'm really starting to get the itch to try them. <laughs> you but haven't smoked one yet at all. Bryant gave me one out of his okay. box, but at the same time. He bought the box and gave me one to where these have been sitting. You know what I mean? So I think what I will try to do is smoke one and not smoke more than one a month. That way I'll actually end up having some smokes that were a year old. It's valid. What, how many are in there? Ten? Ten. 
So 10 months, if I start when they're six, I'll get four of them a year old and plus. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. And uh, make sure you send me some emails, and I'll be happy to answer questions. And until next time, keep smoking. When we're together Just sing a song And think about sunny weather Happy trails to you Tell me